and welcome to the Two Brothers Wrestling Show. I'm your host, Gus Guillen, and next to me is the other brother, Joe. <laughs> I'm going to play the role of you this week. I'm just Joe. You're just, just Joe. I'm just Joe. Um, Tell you what the boys are saying in the back. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying some awesome stuff. Great, great stuff about us. You know that. Oh, yeah. Hey, we're up to 20 likes on Facebook. <laughs> 20, you know what? I Is it 20 or 13? I think it's 20. No, it? it's 20 um, <clears throat> Twenty likes and 22 followers. I just don't know how that followers and likes work exactly. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I can get my kids to explain it to me. Yeah. <laughs> all, all this new technology stuff. Two old guys sitting around trying to figure all this crap out. I'm not that old. Yeah, I'm the younger brother here. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but not much. Not by much. No, I'm catching up. <laughs> so you stop aging. I'll but catch cool. up. We're, we're making progress. We started from zero. Now we're up to 20 slash 22. And uh, this is what? Episode number four? Number three. Number three. Whatever. <laughs> well, the test. We had the test broadcast. We had our official first one. The second one. Um and then um, I guess we got a couple of double episodes coming out here with the uh, with the best and worst gimmicks, uh, and then we we got some other stuff in the works as well too. So we're trucking right along. This has been kind of fun. So I'm I'm enjoying this. Yeah, yeah. It's been kind of um, a work in progress, but a good work in progress. And um, not, and I think we've been getting better. And um, actually, we've gotten some positive feedback. Yeah, from people. So nobody's written and said you guys suck yet. <laughs> and even if they did, say it to my face. Punk. <laughs> yeah, say it to my face too. Yeah, and Lucille's face. <laughs> Lucille. Lucille. Yeah, you the don't Giants watch mascot. No, no, you don't watch The Walking Dead. So no, I, I'll have to show I, I can't to you. do zombie shows. I'm yeah. I'm just now almost caught up on Game of Thrones, and I I got because you know me and zombies, we go way back with that. I was cool with the horror flicks and all stuff like that, and we saw uh, was was it Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, there was that scene on there where the guy turned over and his all his guts spilled out on the table, and I lost my stomach for that stuff ever since. I mean, horror movies for the most part, I've as I've grown older, I've kind of grown soft with it. It's like I I don't have the stomach for it, but especially zombie movies. So I've kind of stayed away from The Walking Dead. I've not seen a single episode, but watching Game of Thrones, I feel like I kind of got duped into watching a zombie movie because sure enough, the last couple seasons now there's some zombies, and it, I have to admit it's pretty cool, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but. I'm, you know, I'm already rambling. We haven't even actually started the show yet, technically. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a cool show. But yeah, I got duped into watching zombies. But had I known there would have been zombies in Game of Thrones before I started watching it, I probably would have passed. So no, I have no idea who Lucille is. It's like, surprise. <laughs> surprise. Yeah. Lucille is basically, um, remember Mankind, how he used to have um, a two Sokka? by four? No, he had a two by four. Right, Hacksaw with- Jim Duggan, right? With a barbed wire. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I forgot. No, that was a baseball bat, wasn't it? Wasn't it a baseball bat? I thought it was a... And maybe it was. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, but in The Walking Dead, um, the the main um, villain, Negan, mm-hmm. he carries around a bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So he carries around What's a... his name again? <laughs> Negan. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just checking. <laughs> um, so anyway... Trying to make sure I didn't mispronounce that. <laughs> Or misheard it? Yeah, or misheard it. Yeah. Just checking for the hard R at the end of that. It's all right. Go ahead. Let's, let's keep going, though. No? There's no R. Okay. There's two N's. <laughs> Starts with an N and ends with an N. All right, all right. All yeah. Right, all right, just, so anyways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Negan. 
<laughs> What's up, Negan? <laughs> so, anyways, um, Negan oh, he has a baseball bat with a uh, barbed wire, and he's he calls it Lucille, and he kind of <laughs> he kind of talks about it like this if it was a woman. Just got rated NC seventeen. Yeah, dude. Like, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, that was the Walking Dead reference. So, yeah. All right. <laughs> moving along. <laughs> but um, yeah, thank you for tuning in, and um, let's jump see. right into the news of the day here. The the the, the the number one thing on our news line here. Oh, um, I was kind of thinking, I just read that Anthem was going to sell Impact oh, Wrestling. Oh, yeah. You know what? And that kind of broke before we had a chance to go over our programming notes. So we're going to kind of have to wing this segment. But yeah, I read that too. I just actually read that this morning that the GW, is it GFW or GWF? GFW, Global GFW. Force Wrestling, right? Yeah. Uh, the company that Jeff Jarrett owns, for all you guys that are keeping track, um, TNA, GFW, and Anthem are kind of all hodgepodged in together. And Jeff Jarrett is kind of at the center of this whole thing, I guess. In, in a roundabout kind of weird. It's all weird. Jeff Jarrett started TNA. Uh, he sold TNA off for whatever reason. I have no idea. Which is how Dixie Carter and all this other people wound up in charge of it. Jeff Jarrett went away for a while. Then he kind of burst back onto the wrestling scene by buying or starting um gf gfw yeah um <clears throat> had something going on with new japan wrestling i don't know if they're still doing that and then anthem somehow got involved with tna and then G- gfw uh came back and supposedly had bought out tna or something like that and now jeff jarrett's on the outs and then there's rumors about uh gfw hadn't actually had not officially bought TNA yet or Anthem or something. It's some kind of weird thing. I don't know if you have any more information than that. I, my understanding of it is real limited, and I, but I know it's complicated. Yeah, it was weird because I think, um, well, we all know that Jeff Jarrett bought or he created TNA. Yeah. And I know he sold, I think, half of it in order to get more money to bring in some of the wrestlers. And <clears throat> I think he was disgusted with uh the way it was running and he, yeah. you know, basically sold off, you know, the rest walked away then. Um, but then he had that whole thing where, um, where he ended up marrying Kurt Angle's wife, Karen. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it, uh, you ever seen that movie, your brother, where I art though? No, I haven't. It's a pretty good movie. There's a scene in there where George Clooney, he breaks out of prison because he wants to get back. If you haven't seen it, sorry, here comes a spoiler. Close your ears or, you know, plug your ears. But uh, there's a scene where he breaks out of prison, basically, and he dupes these two guys into breaking out with him because they're chained together. And he's trying to get out to uh, break up a marriage. Like some guy is going to marry his wife, basically. So there's a scene where he meets the guy that's, you know, scheduled to marry his wife, who he hasn't technically divorced yet, I guess. Or he hasn't reconciled the fact that he's divorced from his wife. So they meet in the Woolsworth. And he, and he walks up, George Clooney walks up on the guy and he goes, you Waldrop? And he goes, yeah. And he goes... Oh, he says something. He says something to um, uh, his wife because it's, it's George Clooney, his wife, and the guy are in this Woolsworth store. And she tells him, I'm going to marry Waldrop. And he and he looks at her and he's like, you're such a liar. You lied to me because she told her kids that he got hit by a train. Obviously, he didn't get hit by a train. So the dude walks up, Waldrop, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You can't talk to my fiance like that. And George Clooney goes, well, you can't marry my wife. And... <laughs> It was a long story to get to that little funny punchline, but it was kind of, it just reminded me of that. You can't talk to my woman like that. Well, you can't marry my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, Karen Angle, and Kurt Angle. 
A little love triangle right there, weird. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, now she's what Karen Jarrett. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah, and then he started GWF, or I mean GFW. We're never gonna get that straight. Yeah. GFW Global Force Wrestling. Yeah, and um, it doesn't matter what the name is. Yeah, they're going history. No, but any, <laughs> anyways, um, they did some like promotion, you know, where it was kind of they wanted to do some whole invasion angle. Yeah, you know where. And then they came to some agreement that Jeff will come back into, you know, TNA help, you know, book the stuff after the whole mess with uh, Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins and Dixie Carter. And um, <clears throat> then they're merging together. And then now. Um, Jeff Jarrett's on the outs now, apparently. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett does own, still owns the name, you know, you GFW. Know, GFW. Uh-huh. And Anthem is thinking about selling impact wrestling which used to be tna but now they call it impact wrestling but people still call it tna yeah exactly the the part that i understand where it gets weird for me is is that apparently jeff jarrett was forced out uh he was forced to take a quote-unquote leave of absence whatever that is i don't know if it means he's fired or if they just basically just want him out there for a couple of weeks but apparently he found out a couple of hours before they told him about it but apparently people that were in Anthem and TNA knew about it weeks before. But Jeff Jarrett was supposed to be like the head of the company, from what I understand. If any, any listeners have any insight to this, can add any clarification, please write in and let us all know. But as far as I've been able to research, there's not a whole lot of details except for the fact that apparently, one, Jarrett didn't know this was happening behind his back, whatever. He's out as we speak. He's been given a leave of absence nobody knows as far as i know we don't know for how long it was or or what part of the understanding that i know of is that um the reasoning behind it was was that apparently <clears throat> and again the, the the information the details on this are real loose is that he was stumbling around backstage he was incoherent uh the reason that they give online was that perhaps he was exhausted from working too hard um he wasn't making a lot of sense and people behind the scenes were worried about him, worried about his health, and they asked him to take a leave of absence. Now, I guess the tricky part is, I guess, is a lot of the paperwork for for some of the buyouts or the contracts that were supposed to be signed haven't been signed. So if there's no Jeff Jarrett and he's been forced out, that means none of these companies technically have to work together anymore. And then I guess there's rumors of Anthem, who has the rights to... The whole Hardy gimmick. This is where it gets complicated now. I guess Anthem is looking to sell their libraries. They're trying to get out of the wrestling business, apparently. So they're looking to sell off <clears throat> like the uh, the library tapes, which we all know WWE is going to be interested in because there's probably tons of old footage of like AJ Style matches. Uh, AJ Style matches, excuse me. Um, Samoa Joe. Kurt Angle. Bobby uh, Roode. Bobby Roode. And probably half the WWE roster that came from TNA now. Eric Young. You know, some of the guys from Sanity. Um, oh, and then don't forget the ones that went there and came back. You know, Booker T was in TNA. Yeah. You know, Mickey uh, James. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, but then where it gets interesting is that also um, it could affect the Hardys because, you know, the Hardys are involved with that legal battle with Anthem about the rights to um, <laughs> the whole stupid broken angle, broken gimmick that we both can't stand. Delete. Apparently Delete. the rest of the world likes it. We might be the only two guys on the planet that think it's just the dumbest thing we've ever seen. Although I have to admit, after watching it, it's still stupid to me. 
but the fact that he got his he got the crowd chanting for his gardener <laughs> you know his long guy senor benjamin or whatever his name is yeah and then um who's it the, the maid or the wife or whatever or something like that that are on there uh that's kind of impressive to me that you know when you can get a you can get a guy carrying around a garden rake you can get him over in a crowd chance for him uh th- that's pretty impressive it's still stupid to me but it's impressive that you can get something like that over yeah uh, i don't understand it and maybe somebody can explain it to me but anyway with them selling the, all those tape libraries and stuff like that um maybe wwe saw the writing on the wall and decided instead of paying for just the rights to that gimmick we can just buy the whole library and we'll get the gimmick anyway <clears throat> which they're still you know um it's still kind of iffy about that because if you read all the tweets from um you know matt's wife you know reba mm. is it reba or ruby i don't know i apologize if i got your name right or wrong so uh i think it's ruby sky so don't don't hate us please mm-hmm. but um <laughs> yeah, no. she sends out some pretty mean tweets when she gets po yeah <laughs> i don't want to end on the wrong side of that end up on the wrong side of that no maybe she could be our pr person there you go <clears throat> be sponsorships to two brothers we're all tweet mean about you yeah but uh no I, she's he she was saying that they, um, um, that Anthem had nothing to do with it, even though they were, you know, quote unquote employees of Anthem, mm-hmm. they created everything themselves, you know, um, not in their <laughs> studios. They did it at their home. They e- even did the editing themselves. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, to me, it's kind of like, well, that kind of shows that it's their ownership no matter what. And she says they never signed any agreement that they even had permission to or any rights to this whole gimmick that they're yeah. doing so i don't know where anthem is actually getting it i mean i'm not a legal expert or anything like that yeah but where do they you know where can they actually claim it i mean that's like saying a company says well you know what um you know you did this on your you know spare time we showed it so uh, we you know we own it now I think that's probably where the, I mean, I'm not a lawyer either, but that might be where the legal loophole for Anthem or TNA, whoever, you know, they're embroiled in this controversy with, is that if it aired on their programming, then they probably have a right to claim it as theirs because it's part of TNA programming or Anthem programming. And if it airs on their, on their air stations, like NBC claiming the rights to Seinfeld, you know, you know well jerry's like well it was my concept it was my idea he's like well yeah it was on but it was on our station so you can't take that to cbs or to someplace else and show it there so i'm I'm imagining it probably works something similar to that you know um and both parties are probably right to, to say to say it that way you know um if i own a race car and some guy go you know comes up and you know he I put him in my race car and he drives and he wins a bunch of races and he's dubbed the greatest race car driver of all time. And he wants money for this. It's like, well, well, where's my cut? It's like, dude, you were driving my car. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, you were doing the driving, but I'm the one that tuned the engine. I'm the one that, you know, put gas in the car and made the thing go. If it wasn't for me, you'd just be out there on a big wheel pedaling as fast as you can, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I see both sides of it, but as far as WWE is concerned, it's like, I don't, I think it may have been smart for them to kind of, stay out of that whole thing if, if they knew that anthem and gfw were, were going in this direction and i don't know if they did or they didn't but if they did it was smart to, to hang out because you don't want to pay like say anthem wanted 15 million dollars for the right to this gimmick and i'm just throwing a number out there and then say wwe says great well we'll pay for it <clears throat> and then we got the rights to this you know we get all the tapes for that you know we can access to the tape library for the broken hearty gimmick 
And then a year later, well, they're selling their whole tape library anyway. So now we got to pay another 20 million for that. So we basically paid 35 million for a tape library, for, you know, for a gimmick and a tape library, which if we'd have just waited, would have only cost us maybe 15 or 20 million. So, eh, you know, I can see both sides of it. Personally, I wouldn't have paid 15 bucks for that gimmick, but <laughs> that's just me. Well, I, I don't know. I would pay it and then hold it ransom. Yeah, Vince, you want to? Well, <laughs> I'll double my well, money. I guess. I mean, just because I don't like it. I mean, I, I guess if I'm, if I'm, if I, I don't know how Vince feels about it one way or the other. You know, I'm assuming it because it's something that he didn't create. And this is just my observation of how Vince McMahon works is that he's probably not all that enthusiastic about it, <laughs> you know. But if I'm Vince McMahon and I see something like that, you know, if I'm seeing dollar signs, if I'm seeing, you know, people are going to buy delete shirts, you know, or Brother Nero shirts or whatever they call themselves or Senor Benjamin Rakes or whatever, I can yeah. sell that, you know. Is it worth it to me, even if I think it's stupid, to buy it if it's going to make me money? All right. <laughs> you know. Oh, it's an investment. You know. How, how much money can I make off of this, though? You know. Yeah. How much, you know, we're talking about two guys that are in their 40s now. How much longer are they going to wrestle? You know, how much How much can I squeeze out of them for the next conceivable three, three years, four years, maybe? You know. A lot of money. I guess, yeah. I mean, I mean, you <clears throat> see how popular the Hardys are, you know, they still are. Yeah. You know, even right now. I mean, they... They left. They came back. And how high is the ceiling on them now, though? I mean, yeah, I don't think it matters if they win a title or not. It's just, I mean, you obviously saw the crowds how they reacted when Jeff Hardy was fighting the Miz. That was a good match, by the yeah. way. Yeah, no, it, it was. You know, and um, everybody was all you know hyped up about it. You know, so yeah. um, I'm sure they're going <laughs> to sell a ton of you know ton of merchandise, even if they had you know whether they have the broken gimmick or, or not. Yeah. They're making money off the Hardys and it yeah. might, you know, they might actually be able to come up with some uh, interesting merchandise <laughs> because I mean, that's, that's the deal. I mean, yes. you can look at, <laughs> like you said, so breaks. I, did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and the, and the one thing you can't, I mean, if you're anti WWF, WWE, you know, you hate them. The one thing you do have to say is, you know, they know how to merchandise their stuff and yeah. how to license their um, their superstars, characters, likeness, and everything. Yeah. So it's going to be out there. I mean, I just saw something. You know, some people might think is ridiculous. Some people might think, oh, it's about time. But I just saw that they have, um, you know, now they're coming out with WWE um, pet toys and pet beds and stuff like that. Really? Yeah. Okay. You know. Don't you want to get your cat, you know, a WWE scratching post? I can't even get him to use this stupid thing. What am I going to buy a WWE scratching post for? <laughs> Jeez, I'd be just happy to keep the cat from peeing on the carpet. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, that's because you don't have the new WWE Titan Towers cat box. <laughs> that's true. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Pee in the box. Yeah. <laughs> Pee in the box. <laughs> Your pee don't stink. Go poo outside. <laughs> go poop outside. See, there you go. We just trademarked that. <laughs> we can come up with some pretty interesting ideas. So uh, yeah. <laughs> anyone from WWE, if you're listening, you know, give us a call. That's right. Yeah, we got plenty of more where that came from. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. So, um, <clears throat> and then the other news, I mean, it's with the whole um, Asuka, where, you know, we talked about her injury yeah. you know, before. And yeah. And her vacating the title. Had to vacate the title, which... At first, I thought, "Oh man, that's kind of that's kind of crappy." You know, I feel kind of bad for her. You know, but now that I think about it, that might be the best thing that happened to her. 
And it might be the best thing that happened for the women's division, uh, women's division on the main roster and on the on, on the lower level as well. And the only the only drawback and think about that is is that somebody whoever wins the title is not going to get the rub from Oscar from having having beat her for the title. Um, there's that though, but at the same time, it's like they can have, and we kind of talked about it before. It's like maybe something that they do with the title is that the winner of the May Young Classic becomes the WWE, or you not the WWE, but the NXT Women's Champion, or maybe NXT has their own women's tournament and crowns the champion that way, or has some type of fatal four way um, for the title. Um, I think I think overall it'll be good for it, and the reason why I say it's good for the main roster. Is that Asuka can when she comes back, she can kind of continue her whole undefeated streak thing going, and I think that's a big deal. I mean, she was champion for what five hundred days now. It's like a year and a half, almost two years now with the with the women's belt in NXT. Yeah, and um, it was getting harder, I think, to have credible women come up and face her. I think because the women's division as a whole right now in NXT specifically. While there is some talent there, um, there's not as much, and I think that um, when there's a when, when you hear people in in WWE say it all the time, when there's a vacancy or a void at the top, somebody needs to step up and fill it. And Oscar was filling that role for like the last year and a half, and so um, it got to a point where it's like, okay, well, who are they going to feed to her? Because there's you you like I legitimately cannot think of a single person. That was going to beat her for it. That was legitimately ready to take over. Now, with the big empty spot now, somebody has to step up. Somebody's going to be given the ball and, and sink or swim. They're going to have to make something of it, which I think is good. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, Asuka, she's <clears throat> I mean, she's so good. She's really good. She's she's on a different level. That's like having that's like keeping it AJ Styles as your champion in NXT and him beating everybody Mm -hmm. and no one's coming close to be as good as him. It's like Barry Bonds and triple A. It's like, what are you doing down there? Yeah. It's like, you need need (laughs) to come up. So it's like, no matter, no matter how many people you want to say, Oh, this, you know, this guy's got good potential. They're not going to be on that level yet. Yeah. So it's better to just, you know, move them up. And the big question is now that, you know, obviously Oscar is going to go to the main, um, to the main roster. I would have her go to raw. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was my, yeah, yeah. I was going to ask that question. It's like, does she go to raw or does she go to SmackDown? I would have her go to raw specifically, more specifically because, um, there is, and while I, I like Nia Jax a lot, I think she's, you know, she's an incredibly good looking lady, but you know, she's really talented, especially moves well for her size. Um, and she's got a lot of potential. I don't know if she's there yet. Um, uh, Alexa bliss is another one that has a good look, a good gimmick. She is a decent wrestler, but she's not quite on that upper level just yet where she's putting on where she's capable of putting on like a five star match, you know, like a Charlotte or like a Becky Lynch or a Sasha Banks. She's not quite on that level yet. And there's a there's that lack of experience on the raw side than where there is on on SmackDown, where SmackDown, you've got a bunch of ring vets like Natalia, like Charlotte, like Becky, um, uh, even the bell, I'm assuming the Bellas are staying on on Raw or not Raw, but SmackDown when they come, you know, if and when they come back. And there's rumors that Nikki wants to come back, and I assume she steps right back into the SmackDown side of things. Uh, Tamina is another one, even though she doesn't do much, she's a veteran. She knows what she's doing in there, you know. Um, she has the charisma of a wet blanket, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, 
um, she's got ring skill though, you know. Whereas you look her on the raw side where they're all a little bit greener. Um, Bailey is there, you know, and she's got some good experience. She's she's a good wrestler, but you know she just hasn't been up for, for very long. And know? she's still hurt. <clears throat> and she's still hurt, you know. And I think there's some some room for Oscar to kind of come up there and do her thing and kind of help pick up the women's division on Raw a little bit more, you know. And I don't want to discount Emma either. Emma's probably one of the better ring workers, but she just hasn't had a chance to showcase it. And I'm fearful that for her, she's going to fall into that Dolph Ziggler, Ziggler category for the females where she's good, but she never gets a chance to show it now where she's almost on a weekly basis getting squashed by Nia. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like they don't know what to do with her. I mean, it's like she's talented, you know, just like, you know, Dolph Ziggler. They don't know how to get him over. And they're not just, I mean, they're just not using them, you know, properly. So, no, I see your point. And I think um, she, you know, I think whatever brand they decide to put her in, um, it'll work. But it's going to elevate either either side. But I do, but I do think, yeah, it'd, it'd probably be better if she was on the raw side because, um, SmackDown is, you know, like you were just saying, it was kind of loaded right now. They're loaded with talent. You know, it's like, even though you got people like, for some reason, it's not gelling in Raw because Mickey James, I mean, she's pretty good. Yeah. Emma's good. Um, you know, Bliss, I mean, she's a great talker. You know, she she plays the part well. Um, they don't have that dominant heel, though. And I know they're trying to make Alexa Bliss that, but she's really, I think that role is probably better suited for Nia Jax. But for some reason, uh, it seems like, and I'm not quite sure right now, but it seems like Nia Jax is kind of flipping to the to being a face, which I don't know how well that suits her. You know, I mean, and, and, and I like Nia a lot, though, but she, I think with her size, her athletic ability, and the way that they've just built her as this monster, she needs to be a heel, and she needs to be kind of like the ruthless heel, not just the heel that just kind of, throws like you know the, the mean girl attitude but i mean she needs to do stuff that's like underhanded yeah you know i think turning on alexa bliss the way she did was was cool that was a good start but there was like a lack of follow-up on that where the, the next week you know um i had a that whole and i'm probably rambling a little bit but that whole match with nia Jax teaming up with who was who was she tagging up with in that match it was emma yeah, uh, and then Sasha Banks was teaming up with Alexa Bliss. It was like, okay, is Bliss the face now because she doesn't really act like. There was a funny point in that match that maybe we'll talk about a little bit later on, but it's like I'm not sure who the faces are. I'm not sure who I'm supposed to cheer for just yet. They haven't yeah. quite made that clear. And uh, yeah, and and you know what? I mean, my personal opinion is just gimmick wise. Mm-hmm. I think Sasha Banks needs to be a heel. Yeah, and to me, I thought she worked better as a heel. I don't know why they they. They have been hesitant to pull the trigger. I, maybe it's in the in the short term or long term plans for it, but it's like so far, it's like I'm not sure why they haven't done that. She's been on the main roster now for like two years now. Yeah, she started. Yeah, she started off as a heel, then they turned her face. They turned her face because everybody was chanting for. Her. Yeah, which I think is probably like the worst thing you can do. Yeah, because so people cheer for you big deal i mean that's that's a reaction you she's know she's got like the stone cold syndrome where it's like it doesn't matter what she does people are going to cheer for her because they, they liked her i remember it was when stone cold was like the, the super heel at the time he was beating up bret hart inside the ambulance i mean he was doing all this stuff trying to get over as a heel and people kept cheering for him he was giving stunners to women which is like nowadays it's like they'd lock you in jail it's like you can't do that anymore but he gave the stunner to stacy keebler that one time uh he stunned stephanie mcmahon you know <laughs> you know 
And uh, like he just people just kept cheering for him. And then they turned him face, and of course everybody loved him still. And he, remember when he went heel again, and he lined up with Vince McMahon, he had that whole what thing going, and people kept chanting with him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they just, they just liked the guy. And I think Sasha's kind of fallen into that same category where it's like, I think people like her now. I think people would like her more if she turned heel. I don't think she'd generate, quote-unquote, heel heat, so to speak, where people would just boo her out of the building. You know? Um, they, probably, they probably would. I mean, if she played up more of that whole boss. Because... I think, I think people like it, though, and that's my point. It's like when she starts like going around, you know, do, trying to replicate her whole NXT gimmick as the legit boss. I, like, she didn't get booed a lot in NXT. She, she got cheered a lot. You know, but she was the heel, and she was a really good one. But for some, just the way the business is now, people like to cheer the heels. I guess I don't know. I'm trying to think of like some of the heels that get legit heel heat, where they just get booed out of the building, and people throw stuff at them as they're walking out of the ring. I mean, those are those are that's when you know you're a good heel. Yeah, like people are booing you, they're throwing stuff at you as you're walking down to the ring, and you know. Um, uh, yeah, I can't. They're scared to leave the parking lot when you leave the building. <laughs> you know, those are guys that get legit heel. Like Bray Wyatt is supposed to be a legit heel, but he doesn't get legit heel heat. No, he doesn't. I mean, Strowman is supposed to be a legit heel. But... Strowman is technically a heel, but he gets cheered every time he comes out. Yeah. And, and you know, that guy's putting people through tables. He's tossing, you know, probably it's because of who he did it to, but you know, he's tossing Roman Reigns off of platforms while he's strapped to a stretcher. You know, things that if somebody else did it to like. I don't know, Rey Mysterio or something like that. They'd be getting booed out of the building. You suck. We hate you. Yeah. Strowman does it. It's like, yes, we love you. <laughs> we want more. I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> you know? Come here. I'm going to put your mom through the table. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. You think uh, Mae Young would take a table? <laughs> that old bat. She probably would. She's so crazy. <laughs> she was so crazy. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, Roman Reigns is the only guy I can think of that gets legit heel heat where people... They just hate the guy, you know. As soon as his music hits, it's just boo. He doesn't even have to. He just has to stand there, and people are just booing him. Like if he turned, like I don't know. Technically, he's a face, even though he's kind of like in that gray area right now. Uh, you look at his actions though, and the way he talks. He's he, typical heel. He's typical heel right now, especially with this whole thing he's got going with Cena. He's kind of embraced it, but they haven't quite unquote sold him as a heel yet. Where you know he's. Attacking people with chairs and all stuff like that, and jumping people behind—he's like he doesn't do like the typical heel stuff. He's not cheating during matches, but his attitude—he's he's a heel, <laughs> you know. So, like if um, he went full on heel, I think I think he would get legit heel heat. He'd be the biggest heel in the company right now. So, I'm in the women's division. So, which ones would you say should be heel? Should be a heel, like could get legit heel heat, or just you know, I mean, because right now it's it's just hard to find that formula of who's going to be, who's going to get the <clears throat> legit heel heat. But your heels basically, I mean, as far as like you know, chasing a title or be you know carrying a title, I always my personal opinion is that heels carry the titles. They they make they make the title prestigious because everybody wants to cheer for the underdog that's chasing the title. It's rare that you have a baby face that can really carry a title well and make it mean something like Hulk Hogan like he did in like you know the 80s and better part of the 90s that's rare that's super rare you know you think guys like Sting even though Sting was a was a major baby face 
he didn't add a lot of prestige to the world title. You know, when he did it in TNA, he was heel. <laughs> you know, think about all the heel champs like Triple H. You know, people bag on Triple H for the most part, you know, in his 15 title runs. And most of those were as a heel. And when guys like The Rock won it from him, it meant something because Triple H, everybody, that was another guy that got legit heel heat. Everybody hated the guy. You know, you think about Ric Flair, the 16-time champion. Woo! Who's doing a lot better, by the way, you know. Uh, I think pretty much all of his title reigns, from what I remember as a kid watching wrestling, were as heels. And it's like he held it for so long, and you just wanted to see him get the crap kicked out of him for so long. And for a lot of his matches, he did get the crap kicked out of him. But he still held on to the title, like, like The Miz. You know, so when I think about, for the women's division, you know, people that can get legit heel heat, and really carry a title. Oh, gosh. The only person I can think of right now is maybe maybe Sasha. But she gets, she gets, I think people are in love with her boss gimmick. Like her gimmick is so good it almost hurts her to be a heel in a sense. I think she's better at it. She's really good as a heel. But, but she does not generate that heel heat. She puts on great matches, though. I'm not saying she's not a good wrestler. Don't get me wrong. You know, but, you know, somebody that you would love to see get the crap kicked out of them as a, as a heel. I don't see it right now in the women's, on the women's division right now. Yes, yeah, if, if you really look at it, it's... it's Charlotte not... Flair was really good at that. She was a really good heel. No, she was. Uh-huh. And there's not really a clear cut on who's face and who's heel in the, in the women's division, at least in my opinion. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, everybody booed Charlotte, you know. Yeah. I think um, everybody booed her, but they respected the talent that she had. No, they did. Yeah. Exactly. She was she she played the role well. Phenomenally good. Yeah, and she got better. She a little shaky when she first came up, you know, as everybody's adjusting to, you know, you know, the the bigger lights and the bigger crowds in WWE and the main roster and all of that. But but man, she really got in. And I was really I was really bummed to see her leave Raw and go to and go to SmackDown. Uh, especially you know, I thought, well, if she goes to SmackDown, she's gonna she's gonna carry the women's division there. But then they immediately turned her face, and she, I almost feel like she's lost right now, kind of lost in the shuffle. But I no, yeah, she is because right now, I mean, they're focusing on Natalia, who's supposed to be a heel, a heel, <laughs> and she's carrying the title. <laughs> she's carrying the title, and, and I mean, it's kind of hard because it's like if you follow her, it's like you know she's pretty good at it though too right now. Yeah, you know she's you know she's a sweetie, you know, so she it's is. it's kind of hard to buy her as a as a heel. You know, sometimes. Yeah. You know, though, she's kind of convinced me. Because at first, you know, when she started going heel, it's like, I did. she just seemed really stiff to me. But she's, like, the last month or so, she's really kind of turned it up a couple of levels there. I feel, anyway. Yeah. But I still don't get it because, I mean, there's... I know Carmella's supposed to be a heel. Yeah. You yeah. know, and then she's entering the program kind of with um, Natalia. You yeah. know, because she's got the money in the bank, you know. <clears throat> and it just seems like they're just focusing too much on, you know, on that. Like whole heel on heel matches don't really work very well. No. Cuz I think if you have two good heels and the crowd hates them both, they're not really unless you're going to build one of them or turn one of them into a face. It's really hard for the crowd to get into that. Face on face matches work really well because the crowd is interested in both wrestlers. And who's going to turn heel cuz one of them has to be play the heel part in that match. Yeah. Yeah, it's I think about the first time we saw face, you know, a good guy face a good guy. If you don't know what we're talking about when we say face on face, face equals the good guy, you know, heel equals the bad guy. 
Um, never assume your audience knows what you're talking about. But uh, the first time I can remember seeing it was when Hulk Hogan fought the Ultimate Warrior. We were just like blown away. Like, what? We had never seen that before. Like, what the heck? Can, can that happen? Can two good guys face each other? Two champions can you know? face each other too? And then it's like, you know, you, you and I, we were both, you know, we were both Hulkamaniacs growing up. So we were kind of rooting for Hulk Hogan, you know, and then we were kind of wondering, it's like, is, is the Ultimate Warrior a bad guy or is Hulk Hogan the bad We were kind of wondering who's going to be, who's playing which role, you know? Um, and the warrior had some weird, um, I, I know we're going off, you know, Yeah. but the ultimate warrior, he had some weird interviews. <laughs> yeah. They were kind of almost heelish, you know, because yeah. they're just so cryptic, you know, it's yeah. just like, are you all there, dude? And then you watch that I and mean, you're looking back on it. Cause I, I think I watched that match, like maybe like five or six months ago. Cause I got curious. I was like, I wonder if that, cause at, as a kid, that match was awesome. And, you know, it's like now it's like sometimes, you know, things that were really great when you're a little kid, you look back on it and you think, OK, that was all right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. But then looking back on it now, look at that match again. I was like, Hulk Hogan kind of played the heel in that match. He did. And it's like it switched back and forth. Like at first Hogan was playing the heel in the match and then uh, he would go on the offensive and he's beating up the ultimate Warrior, And then all of a sudden the ultimate Warrior would play the heel in the match and he beat up Hulk Hogan. And, and they kind of switched it back and forth. It was like a real fluid thing, you know, and uh I can't think of any other matches where they did face on face where it was like where it was like that. But it's like it was still good though because you had people on one side cheering for one guy and maybe The Rock versus John Cena. Uh that's another one that comes to mind right away where you had two guys that were playing the babyface roles even though Cena probably played the heel more so in that match than he did the face cuz he's the one that did all the trash talking and, and all stuff like that though but you know he wasn't necessarily a true bad guy in that match. Uh, but yeah, typically bad guy and bad guy matches don't really work all that well. You know, circling back to Natty and, and um, Carmella. Carmella, yeah. Who, by the way, I really like. I think she she is one that gets pretty good heel heat, I think. Uh, which is surprising. Because if you don't know, she, when she was down in NXT, she was teamed up with Enzo and Cass. And they were major, majorly over. You know, as far as a trio goes. And they were like the... Was it they introduced themselves as you know Enzo was the certified stud and a bona fide G and a certified stud and Enzo was seven feet tall and you couldn't teach that and uh, Carmella was the hottest chick in the ring or bada bing hottest chick in the ring and they would all do that whole how you doing thing I don't know if you ever saw that but it was really cool and then about a few months before Enzo and Cass got called up to the main roster they split them up because they knew that they were in they knew that Enzo and Cass were going to go to Raw. And Carmella was probably going to go to SmackDown, and they saw more potential in her as a singles wrestler as they did as a as a whole trio with them. They wanted her to kind of develop into her own, so that's how she wound up getting split from them. And so she was a she was actually a babyface down in NXT for 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 you know the time the remaining time that she was down there, and she got over fairly well. You know, you could tell earlier on in her career she struggled you know with with being on her own and trying to get better in the ring, which she did. She worked her butt off and. But man, she's really embraced the whole heel thing, and she, she gets legit heel heat, I think. And I think having Ellsworth kind of helps, even though people kind of cheer Ellsworth a little bit. At least they did in the beginning now, but now he's so obnoxious and over the top, I think they both get pretty decent heel heat, you know. Um, yeah, I still I still don't get I mean, I, I get why he's with her, but... I don't I, think she needs him anymore, though. No, I don't think so, but it's one of those things that they probably, you know, still have him with her just because... It's one of those, you know, weird, you know, relationships. It's it's kind of it was weird, like when they showed them kissing. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, 
it's like so i just thought he was a guy that just kind of followed her around i just didn't think yeah. it was something where she was into well, him her, too her uh her boyfriend in real life is big Cass. yeah yeah <laughs> I, when that happened i'm thinking if i'm ellsworth i'm trying to stay away from that as much as i can yeah. i do not want that dude mad at me no yeah. but he's got a bum knee so he's got a bum knee he's yeah. at home he's at home he'll forget have at it ellsworth <laughs> yeah. he'll forget about it forget about it how you doing all right, so uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and um, quick break, and we'll be right back. Want to join the two brothers from different mothers? Like our fan page on Facebook, where you can body slam Mr. Conversation and check for info and updates about upcoming episodes and more. And we're back. We're back. Woo! Hope you enjoyed <laughs> the little break. I did. I did too. Had a little uh, thing of fruit snacks, some uh, corn chips there, and uh, joined a bottle of water. It was a good time. Yeah. I feel like, like you know, if you're working at a Target or something like that, you had a little 15-minute break, go sit in the break room, shoot the breeze with somebody else, talk Excellent. crap about the customers, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you come back. <laughs> yeah. Stay an extra five minutes longer when you know your break was only supposed to be 15 minutes, but you spent 20. <laughs> yeah. And so if there's anybody, you know, any sponsors out there, I mean, <laughs> see, this would have been the perfect moment that we would have probably inserted in an ad for you. Yeah. We probably would have, if you're, you know, if you have food products, huh. we probably would have been snacking on that. And we would have came back and said, you know what? This was mighty tasty. Aunt Jemima pancake syrup. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I don't know why I just said Aunt Jemima, but it was just the only thing that popped in my head. <laughs> okay. I like Aunt Jemima syrup. It's good. Yeah, I could do a couple of shots of Aunt Jemima syrup. <laughs> yeah. All right. Get you know? sugared up, you know, raise the energy level yeah. up. You know, and... Um, Did I ever tell you that story when I was uh, I was living in Cloverdale? And uh, Cloverdale, California is like a truck stop. It's like a drive through town. There's not that many people that live there. And it's kind of like a place that you stop off to get gas on your way to someplace else, right? But anyway, wound up living there for a couple of years. Um, and uh, it was... <laughs> Again, this is not like I'm not talking about race or anything like that, but it was a pretty white town, right? I'm the only black guy in town. Literally, I am the only black guy in town. Like when I moved there, I joined the gym and uh, the lady that uh, owned the gym, she's like, are you new in town? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm new in town. So anyway, so I'm looking for some food in the, at the local uh, supermarket there, which is called Ray's, by the way. Not Ray's, but just Ray's and the whole store just kind of smelled like a giant gym sock but that's a whole other story so and i get hungry for dinner one day and i go looking for uh, uncle ben's rice you know because you know a little bowl you heat it up and stuff like that so i'm looking around looking in the frozen food section and looking in the fridge and i see like you know marie calendars this chicken pot pies or whatever but i don't see uncle ben's rice i'm thinking do they not carry it here so I go find a, a person that's working there. i'm like you guys carry uncle ben's rice like oh yeah 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 it's over in the ethnic section <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, it's over in the ethnic section. I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> Was uh, Aunt Jemima syrup there too? Apparently. It's like, so because it's rice, you know, not the fact that it's rice, but because it's got the black dude on the cover, you got to stick it in the ethnic aisle. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I go over to the over to the aisle the frozen aisle and it's got this little thin strip and it says ethnic foods and sure enough there it is right next to like pot stickers and something else i'm like i don't know if rice necessarily constitute an ethnic food is that specific to one race or another or 
I mean, not really. I mean, I think most people will say maybe if it was brown rice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, ah, gosh. Know. Anyway, what are we talking about? Well, we were just talking about rice. You know? <laughs> yeah. Taking your break from work. Oh, food sponsors. That's how we wound up talking about it. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uncle Ben's Rice. They're not a sponsor. They're not but... a sponsor, but you can be, and you can find it in the ethnic section in Ray's Market in Cloverdale. Yeah. And here in Napa, just be in the regular rice section. I don't know. It might be in the ethnic section, too. It's, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't buy Uncle Ben's. It's pretty good. I like it. I do like it. Is it instant rice? I think you have to microwave it. Yeah, yeah, it's oh, instant okay. rice. Yeah. See, I'm old school. Yeah. I make I make my rice on the stove, so it's just whatever's in a the little plastic bag. I've like, never done that. <laughs> so whatever brand is on sale, I I get. You know, I, I'm all about making it easier. Although I do like like if I'm grilling something, I do like to grill stuff like and just I don't like instant like grill foods or anything like that. I just, I like to actually marinate it and do stuff like that. But. You just like to marinate your meat. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Put a rub on it, huh? Hey, <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm bu- I'm grilling. <laughs> I'm grilling. Anyway, gosh, <laughs> dirty but, monkey. But anyways, you want to be a sponsor? Hey, we're open, you know. And Uncle just, Ben's and Jemima. <laughs> and also, not gonna say their name, but there's a business in town that shared the name Brothers. Just saying. There is. Yeah. D. Oh yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Dutch Brothers Coffee. Yeah, they should be a sponsor of the Two Brothers bro- Wrestling Show. Two brothers and the Dutch Brothers. Yeah. Neither one of us is Dutch, but we can make it work. Yeah. Hey, be a sponsor. Give us some free coffee or something, or even you know. I don't like coffee, but you know, I'll take a hot chocolate. Yeah, there you go. They make some good frost, you know. You and know. We can rename the show the Two Dutch Brothers the two Dutch Wrestling bro- Show. <laughs> two Dutch Brothers Wrestling Show. All right, let's get let's get into raw. All right. The highlights, the lowlights, whatever you want to talk about here. Uh, so um, John Cena and uh, Jason Jordan, that was the um, probably... That was the opening. Well, first of all, they started off Raw with an actual match instead of somebody coming out to talk for like 10 minutes. I was really surprised by that. It was, And I have, to, I have to say, it was a nice change of pace. They introduced John Cena first and he came out and I thought, okay, he's just going to come out and spiel and do his hype thing. But then all of a sudden he took off his shirt and started bouncing around the ring. I'm like, you're going to start with a match? When was the last time that happened? It's been a while, but I think I think right now it's going to be kind of like a recurrent theme just because Cena actually pointed out that he was the opening match, you know, at SummerSlam. Now he's probably going to say, well, I was the opening match on Raw. You know, so they're just starting off, but yeah. He I does th- have a legit point with that, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, he, for the exception of this match, I mean, he buried, you know, some of the others, you know. So yeah. there is, you know, there's, you know... You, you could say one thing, but, you know, really, did you elevate someone else in your match? You know what? I would give him props. You know what? Go on the pre-show, John Cena. <laughs> Don't even be on the regular pay-per-view. Go on the pre-show, then I would give you the ultimate props. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of his. I respect him, though, immensely, but I'm not a huge fan. But, you know, there were some things that he said that did kind of resonate with me. It's like... <clears throat> You know, one, he hasn't he hasn't main evented a WrestleMania in five years. I don't know, we're getting a little bit off topic because we want to talk about the actual match, though. Uh, he hasn't main evented WrestleMania in five years, which is a legit claim. You know, he's hasn't been necessarily the focal point of 
the main event scene now as far as the title picture goes in quite a while now, even though he's still a central part of the company and the roster and, and everything that they do globally. You know, he's usually the spokesperson, the first person that they send out. Um, and well, the thing too is um, I, I really think that doesn't matter where in the program he is, he still gets the same amount of money. Yeah. I definitely think, you know, on some of the other guys and their contracts, I mean, yeah, um, it matters where they are in the, um, like the pay-per-view or yeah, in the I show. Yeah, I thought about it that way, but yeah. But yeah, John Cena, I'm pretty sure. Oh, he's getting his check no matter what. Yeah, he's get, it, yeah, he's almost like salary. Mm-hmm. You know, you work, you know, you work for, you know, if you're a salary working, you know, person for a company, you get the <laughs> same amount no matter, you know, you put in your eight hours or your 10 hours or your six hours. Yeah. So, um. But no, I mean, yeah, it, it it's cool that he hasn't been the main focus. He hasn't been the last match and stuff like that. It's, you know, really given other guys to do it. But it's just a fact of, you know, he's he's had some matches, but the way they've ended with other guys, it hasn't really helped them or elevated them up to the next level mm-hmm. to, you know, face a John Cena. Yeah. Um, I, I would tend to agree. And I think it's when I think about, you know, people say that he buries people. Um, I think the first thing that comes to my mind and was would be when Kevin Owens debuted. And, you know, he beat John Cena in his first pay-per-view match there, which I thought was really cool, but then he lost the next two. And I thought, well, it's not that Cena has to job to everybody either, you know, but at the same time, it did, having him beat, having Owens beat Cena his first match out did kind of put Kevin Owens on the map as far as the WWE universe goes. He was way over in NXT. You know, he was a monster heel there, and um, he's he's good. He's really good at what he does. But I think having lost the next two consecutive matches to Cena the way that he did, you know, clean, you know, with without any, you know, quote-unquote interference or controversy or whatever, just l- losing clean and outright to Cena or definitively to Cena really kind of set him back and kind of killed whatever momentum that he had. People argue the same thing that happened with Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt should have won that WrestleMania match against John Cena, you know, a number of years back when he was coming up. Um, Rusev should have beat John Cena. Yeah, for the U.S. belt, and they, they gave the belt to Cena. So I, I understand where they're coming from when they say that Cena buries people, but at the same time, when he spoke that, he's like, you know what, I'm not the owner of this company. If Vince didn't want this to go over, it wouldn't happen. He's got a point there. So it's like, while you may say that he may be Cena politics, which I don't know, you know, the, the the word is that, well, you know, Cena, you know, he holds people down because he wants to maintain his top spot and that uh, maybe he's guilty of backstage politics to kind of manipulate his way. The bottom line is if Vince McMahon didn't want it, he, it, it wouldn't happen, you know, regardless of what anybody says or tries to whisper in his ear. So it's like I, I'm I'm conflicted because I have a hard time blaming Cena for it when McMahon is the owner of the company. Um, but the, but you really have to ask yourself how much influence does Cena have um, on Vince McMahon because yeah. I, you know and and you have to really filter out the um, stories you and hear of course, about Cena. If, if you're if you're Cena though too, it's like why wouldn't you want to? If you have a top spot, why would you just willingly give it up? No, I mean you don't. You yeah. know, but there's there's smart business. Make somebody take it from you. You know. You know because even even uh, what's his name um, Lesnar. Mm-hmm. He's a smart businessman. Oh yeah, you know he he knows which dudes he can make money with. He's what he's willing to. I mean, let Strowman throw him around because yeah. he knows there's going to be a big payoff. The whole Goldberg thing, you know, yeah, which, which is which is really well done, you know. 
I mean, to be honest, I thought that was just going to be a one-sided butt whooping when that first match took place. You know, like Lesnar's going to kill him. You know, Les, you know, Goldberg is what he was 55, 56 years old at the time. You know, in really good shape, granted you though, but you know, he was always limited in the ring. You know, he's got a spear, a jackhammer, and doesn't really know how to sell. <laughs> you yeah. know, and that doesn't—that's something that really typically doesn't get better with age. You know. He just, you know, except instead of being 30 years old at the time and not doing those things well, now he's 56. He really doesn't move well as he used to, you know. Um, well, his his no selling actually probably did get better. Because <laughs> <yeah. laughs> he just didn't sell anything. <laughs> but, you know, Lesnar sold that. I mean, he really, really did. It's like when, you know, Goldberg hit that spear on him, you know. Half of the reason we were so shocked is because, Gold, you know, Lesnar sold it. Or when Goldberg hit the spear on Lesnar, Lesnar sold it like he got... He got Hit by a sledgehammer in the ribs, you know. Yeah, and and you look if you look at those that series of matches, um, Goldberg had the advantage up until the very last match. Yeah, and then that was their last match. Yeah, if you turn around and look at the whole, you know, John Cena way, yeah, John Cena will let you have that one match, mm. but after that, he's got to beat you. Yeah, two or know? three times. The same thing he did with AJ Styles. Yeah, yeah, you know. Although and, Styles did beat Cena a couple of times, actually. He beat him the first time. He beat him outright. Oh, actually, you know what? I take that back. He he beat him with the help of the club, so to speak. Yeah. And then um, he beat him again with the help of the club. And then um, Cena was gone. And then Styles had the title. And when Cena came back, he beat AJ for it. For what reason, I don't know. Because he only held it for a week. Yeah. And the same with Rusev. He, <clears throat> you know, he buried Rusev. He's buried, you know, Bray Wyatt. He's buried... Um you know, even Kevin Owens, you know, he, he let Kevin Owens beat him that one time. I'm sure if he fought, you know, Nakamura again, mm-hmm. Cena would, you know, beat Nakamura. I was know? surprised that was a clean win. I kept waiting for something to happen. Yeah. So, but yeah, but, um, yeah, going back to the whole Cena and, uh, Jason Jordan match. I mean, I thought that was a pretty good match between those two guys. Um, a lot of, you know, back and forth. And it's weird because, there's not too many Cena matches that I feel that I get involved in, in the sense of like, just really like watching it and you know just get excited about it. Yeah. And that and that one was one of the, you know was a really good match you know for both yeah. guys because I mean to me Jason Jordan is, you know eh, he's okay he's got talent you know mm-hmm. he's a up and coming <laughs> wrestler but uh, most of his matches you know he's just, a personality though <laughs> he does yeah. yeah so but seeing them two you know going back and forth and it was actually. You know, to me, it was a very entertaining match. It started off pretty slow for me, and I was like, oh, geez, it's going to be really boring. And I thought, I, I, I was telling you earlier, I thought Cena really kind of helped carry that match earlier on. And it got a lot better towards the end where they really picked it up. But the first half, maybe three quarters of that match, I felt like, okay, Cena's really kind of carrying this because Jason's pretty boring right now, <laughs> you know. There was nothing like in his manner. I mean, not I, I'm not talking about his wrestling ability because probably as far as just pure wrestling goes, and he's probably better than Cena is. But as far as personality goes and selling what's happening in the match with his face and his expressions, he's really lacking, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but it, it was it was a good match. I thought it was a pretty good to decent match, and it got really good towards the end. I felt. You know, and I would actually like to see an, a rematch later down the road, you know, with uh, Jason Jordan, you know, calling out Cena. He'll turn, I see, in his future. Yeah, and just, you know, just <clears throat> wanting to... Um, Jordan, not Cena, is what yeah. I'm talking about, yeah. And I could totally see Jordan pulling off a victory over John Cena. Eventually, yeah. 
you know, maybe, you know, challenge him again and, you know, maybe hook the tights, you know, at the end or something yeah. or whatever, you know, but I, w- I would definitely, you know, like to see another match between them two on a raw, you yeah. know, Strowman versus the big show. Oh yeah. You know, it's, that it was actually a good match. That was a good match. I was really surprised, you know, at the, you know, at this point in his career, I don't expect much out of big show. And I actually really haven't expected much out of him for like the last probably four years now, three or four years now. You know, he's, I think he's 52 years old. He's getting up there. Yeah, he's pretty old. And, uh, you know, he moves around okay, but you can tell it's, it's an effort for him. You know, and he's probably got he's probably got a bunch of injuries that have kind of added up on him over time and all of that. But uh, I thought that he turned back the clock a little bit. And I, I, I kind of wonder at the end of that match, was, was this his last match or you know, leading up to his last match. Uh, it just seemed like he had more, he had, a, he was a little bit more inspired in this match. And he has not to say that he's mailing it in his other matches though, but you know, typically like when he wrestles nowadays, he's just there to put the other guys over, Yeah, you know, like he did for Roman Reigns and what he is, was doing for a big cast before he got hurt. And you know what he did for Cena when Cena was up and coming. I mean, basically his last, you could probably argue the last six or seven years, he's just been there to put guys over. Yeah. You know, uh, same thing. He did it for Lesnar when Lesnar came back. You know, he let Lesnar toss him around and give him F5s on the table and, you know, in the ring. And, and you know, he did that for Lesnar. He did the same thing for Roman. He let Roman spear him all over the place, <laughs> you know. and Yeah, and then he let um, Lesnar beat him up. But the, the thing that really, you know, I was like, and I say let them because if when you're when you're that big, there's not a lot of guys that are just going to be able to toss you around like a rag doll. He shows letting these guys do that. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I even listened to. Um, he was on a podcast. Um, <clears throat> I'm just going to mention it. Um, Talk is Jericho, mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he doesn't let a lot of people do certain things unless he knows, you know, they're kind of um, that they need it. Yeah. And he said he had a match at some. Um, I can't recall, but it was a house show with Jinder Mahal before he won the match mm-hmm. or before he won the belt where he actually told Mahal, I want you to slam me. Mm-hmm. And he actually let Jinder Mahal, you know, body slam him Yeah, because he was trying to help give him, you know, a rub, trying to help elevate him oh. because um, he was saying in his mind, he saw how much work Jinder did from the point he left mm-hmm. or he was released from <clears throat> WWE to the point that he got re-signed. And nobody knew he was going to win the title at that point. Mm -hmm. But he said that he just kind of had this, you know, thing. And they actually called him and they said, hey, we heard that um, at the house show that you let Mahal, you know, you know, slam you and stuff like that. You know, he's like, yeah, he goes, I think he's he's put in a lot of work. I think he's really dedicated. So he kind of gave him kind of like, a a, you know, like a good recommendation, a good rub. And well, now we see him as as a champ for a. He shows also doing the same thing for Strowman now too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so to see, you know, so no one can. So all this stuff that's happening is because Big Show has allowed them to do it because they they don't tell him that he has to do this. It's just he knows, you know, what's going to help, you know, these wrestlers coming up. And yeah. I guess the he kind of sees um, Strowman kind of like maybe this, you know, kind of like passing the torch the second, yeah. you know, he's like the next big, you know, the big next guy. big guy, you know, yeah. because they're, they're roughly about the same height. Roughly. Yeah. You know, and she was a little bit bigger, you know, but yeah, you know, so he's just a little body wise and height wise. Yeah. yeah. 
So Strowman is probably legitimately stronger than he is. <laughs> probably, yeah. I, I think he used to uh, be in strongman competitions. Oh, he was, yeah. Yeah, and he, um, I think he routinely did it with that guy that plays the mountain on um, Game of Thrones, uh, who's uh, just a humongous dude. There's a, I gotta find it, but there was a photo with the, the guy. I can't remember his name, so I just keep calling him the Mountain. But he was standing next to Strowman, and he made Strowman look like a toddler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so I mean, the show's been you know primarily you know used to elevate wrestlers, and I thought he cut a great promo. The show was just kind of like you know, yeah. he was all energetic. He was looking into the wrong it. camera, but yeah, <laughs> I saw that. It was really good. It was, it was pretty good. He seemed he seemed energized. You know, I wonder if it's because of the height too. Maybe. I wonder if the cameraman was like short because he was like he was looking over the camera. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's like I can't get this camera up any higher. Can you look down for crying out loud? And Kevin Dunn, how come you didn't, you know, signal, <laughs> tell somebody, you know, wrong camera or elevate your, you know, get a step stool, have the person step on it. But um, yeah. I thought that was like the best promo the show's ever cut, you know, on at least from what I remember. Yeah. You know, he was very energetic. And it's funny because in my notes, I put down, you know, Big Show Bundy because he just he reminded me <laughs> of, of a thin, you know, King Kong Bundy because he was bald. He had clean face you know his face was cleanly shaved yeah <laughs> yeah you know so it was just i didn't think about that <laughs> he does look like king kong bundy yeah oh man but that was a pretty good match in the in that it cage. was pretty good and i was really surprised to see i had forgotten that his finisher used to be the top rope elbow yeah and so he, he pulled that one out and did that again i'm just like dude he was just it was stuff like that he was just kind of pulling out all the stops pulling out the, the old choke slam which i haven't seen him do in forever you know uh he used to do a drop kick too, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He used to. I can't remember if he did it in his match or not, but I remember being surprised by a couple of things that he did. Uh, and I'm just thinking, it's like, you know, he's wrestling like a guy, like this might be his last match. You know, I, I, I think I, it is his last match. I mean, I read somewhere that there <clears throat> might be rumors he's going to have like a hip, um, a minor hip um, surgery. Yeah. So uh, he'll probably is, be out for a while. That's why they did the whole angle with him being tossed through the, the cage gate and all that stuff like that. I think, yeah. yeah, it was to kind of get him off screen for a while. But you yeah, I, I'm thinking like, you know, is that, was that his retirement match? Because I actually thought he was going to retire at last year's WrestleMania. Uh, or this past WrestleMania, I thought was supposed to be his last one. But he wasn't even on the card, apparently. Which apparently really upset him, too, from if you if you were to believe what was said online and all of that. But. Oh, and a quick correction. Yes. The Big Show's only 45. Oh, is he? Yeah. Okay, well, never mind then. He's a little bit younger than I thought he was. Yeah, so he still has some gas in the tank. Well, I mean, he's carrying around a big body, so I mean. But he slimmed 40, down. He has slimmed down a lot, yeah. yeah. But he still, has, <laughs> he still has a big body mass. Yeah, he does. And that's got to be hard on his knees and on his joints and all stuff like that, too. Especially considering, you know, what he does for a living and yeah. how long he's been doing it, so. Uh big guys t- the, it seems like the bigger guys tend to their bodies tend to break down a lot faster than the littler guys you look at how old is Rey Mysterio he's got to be in his 40s AJ Styles is 40 years old Cena is 40 uh, and so is Randy Orton actually uh, and all those guys are still you know Cena could probably the way you watch him move around he looks like he could probably wrestle for another 4 or 5 years uh, AJ Styles looks like he could wrestle for another 10 or 15 the way he moves around, you know? Oh, yeah. I had no idea he was 40 years old, but, you know, uh, I, I kind of hope it's not the last we see a big show, you know, but 
I, I don't I wouldn't necessarily miss him not because he hasn't been a good hand before in the past but just you know sometimes it's just you know what, what left what is there really left for him to do that's kind of what I'm getting at yeah you know you know I mean I haven't been a really huge you know big show fan I mean I like him mm-hmm. I think I like him more when I see his personality outside of the wrestling ring oh yeah he's a totally cool guy it seems like yeah, yeah you know and just some of the you know stuff that you see him doing it's kind of like um and you know yes it's all scripted and stuff like that but actually the way they handle the whole <clears throat> after the match and Strowman picked him up and Big Show was just like trying to punch him but there's like nothing you know behind those punches Do you remind you of the whole uh, end of the match with Undertaker and Roman Reigns when Undertaker could defend himself yeah and, yeah that's kind of what it reminded me of too and I actually felt sorry for the show I was <laughs> like and I really don't feel sorry for some of these guys I mean unless they get legit hurt you yeah. know because that's you know nobody wants to see that no no yeah I don't care who it is I just don't want to see any injuries to anybody because oh. you know um but just, you know, like character wise and story wise, you know, just, you know, tuning into that. It's like it you, you kind of, you know, like, you know, it's all at work, but just, you know, it's like when you're watching a movie and then yeah. sometimes you see a character and you feel for that character. So I felt for the big show. I was like, oh, poor oh my show. gosh, they killed Kenny. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, the big show. He's going to go through yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, when we on to Smackdown. Um, yeah, but, um, so Ooh. I just want to know, who do you think is going to go, um, over in the whole Strowman thing? I mean, since they've built Strowman so much. Oh, Str- now who do I think is going to go over or who should go over? Cause those are two different things. Now, if, if you're to believe the internet and, and all the, all the rumors that are out there is that the rumor is, is to have Roman Reigns face Brock Lesnar for the title. At you know the, this year's this year's uh, WrestleMania, which would be uh, WrestleMania 34, 35, 34? I think this one yeah. is thirty four. I, I believe, yeah. Uh, if I'm wrong, sue me. But um, you know, having Lesnar hold the belt for the next year, you know, and and all these matches that he's been having, it's been great though. But I think at this point, if Strowman loses, where does he go? You know, and then is he going to go back and feud with Roman again? He's going to go back and I'm not finished with you yet. I mean, that that can only play out so many times. Um, I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a quick break, and then um, we can talk about that a little bit more in depth. All right, sounds good. The Two Brothers from Different Mothers Wrestling Show is brought to you by the Immediate Group. All right, once again, we're back with the Two Brothers Wrestling Show. We were Before we uh, went on our quick break, most recent quick break here, we were talking about uh, the whole angle with Lesnar and Strowman and who should go over and who will go over. And those are, uh, those are two different subjects to me. So um, I know we can just kind of get into that right now. Do you want to uh, give any thoughts about that? Or Oh, I think uh, Strowman should go over no matter what. I mean, you've built him up so much. Yeah. He's, you know, I mean, he's basically beaten reigns he's beaten the big show mm-hmm. and he's had a couple of series of matches with reigns that i can say he's actually won that feud mm-hmm. um this wasn't his first match with the show so i have yeah. to say he's pretty much kind of you know won that feud especially putting out the show for a while mm-hmm. and now he's moving on to lesnar and 
I think he should definitely, you know, it doesn't matter what they want to have, whether it's Lesnar and Reigns at WrestleMania. I think there's plenty of time if Lesnar does drop the title mm-hmm. for him to, you know, get it back, get it back mm-hmm. and, you know, do the head head and do the head head with uh, Reigns. But also it's kind of like, well, maybe there's going to be a bigger, maybe it's a, would be a bigger money draw if it's um, Strowman as champ at WrestleMania. Yeah. The only thing is now, because they're so they're so hell bent on Roman being the face of the company and trying to get him over as a face for like the last feels like the last thirty years, <laughs> you know, and, and and I like Roman, you know, but um, at a WrestleMania, does anybody really want to see a rematch between Strowman and Lesnar again? I mean, and those were good matches, I enjoyed them, but now they've had so many matches now, it's like I can't see that as the WrestleMania main event now. So if Strowman wins the belt and he holds it, you know. Let's say until wrestling, because now, you know, we're starting to enter into, you know, quote unquote, WrestleMania season now where, you know, we hit Survivor Series, which is kind of like the halfway point from Survivor Series up until the Rumble. You know, it's like to me, it's like I always think of like, OK, when you get past Survivor Series, then they're starting their creative writing and process towards WrestleMania and everything that they're doing now is going to be leading up to that point. You know, you may not see it in the feuds yet, but they're starting to set up angles where it's especially during the rumble. You know, you can you can clear see it clear as day there at that point. But um, and again, it's with Strowman going over and I think he should go over as well. Uh, He probably won't. (laughs) I think they're going to it's going to be one of those things where Lesnar wins, but Strowman comes out looking really good. Uh, I could. But, you know, if he doesn't win the title, where does he go? You know, because at this point, you know, he's definitely in part of the upper card. And if you're not shooting for the belt, you know, and if you're not gunning for the belt anymore, if you're not feuding with the champ, what's your purpose? Does he feud with Samoa Joe? You know, is that would that be a step up or a step down for him? Because Samoa Joe, you could say, is on the is on the main event card right now, too, though. Um, And he had a pretty good showing against Lesnar. And then if Lesnar beats Strowman. Is there a rematch? And who does Lesnar face then after that? Because you've got all this time now between now and WrestleMania, unless there's somebody else coming up that they're building up that we don't know about. I mean, maybe maybe Jason Jordan fights Lesnar. Yeah. <laughs> you, never, you never know. you know. And also the thing is, I definitely think you get more mileage if you let Strowman beat Lesnar because yeah. then they can have another rematch. Rematch, stretch it out. You know. Maybe... Um, Maybe the title even change. I mean, and I hate it when they do this, but maybe even the title changes hands a couple times between the two of them to kind of keep it going. Or maybe um, Strowman wins and puts Lesnar out, puts him on the shelf for like a couple of months. And then, you know, that way, you know, you don't have to use up all your Lesnar appearances because I know he has like some contractual number of appearances that, you know, he's obligated to make. And they don't like they don't go over that number because if they do, it costs more money or whatever. I I'm not exactly sure how it works, but I know it's something like that tune. So if Strowman wins, Strowman gets the the rub of beating Lesnar, beating him outright and putting him out on the shelf. You know, he beat the he beat the beast incarnate, put him on the shelf. And then let's say Lesnar's out until the Rumble. Or maybe because what are we? When is Survivor Series? Survivor Series is the next big pay per view. So what is that? Like around November. Thanksgiving, November? Yeah. So yeah, we're in September, October, November. Okay, so like Strowman wins. Lesnar's out until Survivor Series. You know, he's out with some kind of injury or whatever. You know, Strowman pulls the whole Roman Reigns thing. I'm not done with you yet after the match. Comes back and power slams him, like literally through the mat. I'm just thinking of angles here. He power slams him literally through the mat. The mat, 
you know, gets this big hole in it. Les, you know, Strowman comes back up holding the belt. He's a new champ. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. They can sell Lesnar's having been injured. They cart him out, you know. And then he's gone for like three or four months, you know, until Survivor Series or whatever. Survivor Series rolls around. Um, Lesnar can win the title back, you know, after you have Strowman, you know, defend the belt against guys like maybe Reigns does get another title shot and Strowman can beat him. Uh, Somebody like um, John Cena can get a title shot, you know. As weird as that sounds, as much as we talk about him being tired of him in the title scene, I'd actually kind of like to see Cena versus Strowman. I'd like to see Strowman kind of pile, you know, pile drive him through the mat too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, but you know, this is something that it could help Strowman though, having the belt, and then he can defend the belt against the Cena, uh, and then beat him. He can get the rub that way, and then when Lesnar comes back, it's a bigger deal because now everybody's wondering, okay, was that a fluke? You know, you can build Lesnar would technically be the underdog, I guess. You know, because then, you know, at this point, if Strowman's beaten Cena, he's beaten Reigns in title defenses, you know, and won, you know, not cheaply, you know, but book him strong like you have been, you know. Um, But then when Lesnar comes back, you you can honestly plant some doubt in fans' minds. Okay, well, who wins this? We don't know. Strowman's on a roll, but Lesnar's the beast, (laughs) you know. And uh, Lesnar could kind of play the undercard. Lesnar can win the belt back. It doesn't hurt Strowman any to drop the, the belt back to Lesnar because, you know, they're two legitimate monsters and Strowman has some legitimate notches on his belt now. You know, not that, you know, Reigns haven't beaten him before and beating Big Show aren't notches on your belt, so to speak, but beating Cena and Reigns in consecutive title defenses is kind of a big deal to me, I would think. You know, and then he can drop the belt to Lesnar. Uh, they can still continue that feud program, you know, um, if they're building up reigns at that point. Now we're looking at the Royal Rumble. They can have like a, you know, a three-way, three-way match, um, three-way elimination match maybe for the belt or something. I don't know how you want to book that or whatever, but it helps. It helps everybody. Whereas if Lesnar wins, you know, kind of like the way he beat Samoa Joe. I mean, Samoa Joe hasn't had a rematch for the belt. He had that one shot and he did pretty well on it. But, you know, Lesnar gave him one F5 and that was it, you know. Yeah, which was kind of weak. I think he should have um, maybe gave him two. Yeah. You know, just made just made it a little bit better. I mean, but, you know, Samoa Joe, he did a very good job, you know, in that match. Oh, yeah. Definitely he, held his own. He, Came off as very credible. Yeah, he, he finished off strong. So that, that's how um, that's how, that's how you build your, um, your, you know, your characters. You know, yeah. basically, you know, Lesnar can probably make some money later with Joe. Yeah. I mean, Joe's been, you know, on a very steady, you know, and upward um, momentum. Yeah. Um. So, with um, Strowman, if Strowman beats Lesnar, then you can have him, like you're saying, put him out. Mm-hmm. Have a match with uh, Reigns because obviously Reigns is going to want to get into the mix. Now the thing yeah. is, Samoa Joe. I mean, he's hurt, so Samoa Joe is going to come back. Now I don't know how long he's going to be out, but if you have Strowman finish and hold the title all the way to WrestleMania. Do you have, and if he's healthy, does Joe come back at at the Rumble, win the Rumble, and then face Strowman? Now, is that a match would you be willing well, to watch? See, now you're getting into my thing where, you know, heels versus heels don't work very well for, for matches there because, and I know Strowman gets a lot of pop as far as the face, but technically he's a heel. But Lesnar's I, a heel too, technically. I think Lesnar's a face now. And I know they haven't really defined that, but you look at... Um, Gooey's been facing Samoa Joe's a heel. Strowman is technically a heel. You know, all of his title defenses since he won the title has been Reigns is a heel. 
I mean, as a face. Technically, but he gets heel heat. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if he faces Roman Reigns, let's face it, Lesnar's going to be the, you know, is going to be the face in that one. Yeah. You know, he's going to be the face that kicks the crap out of the heel. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, but, uh, and again, it just brings me back to that thing. It's like there are not a lot of strong heels in, in the company right now. You know, guys that get legit heel heat, you know, except for Roman Reigns. Uh, and, and Lesnar, even though he's supposed to be a heel, he gets teared like a face, you know? And I, I'm not quite sure when that started happening. It just seems like it just kind of organically happened now when Lesnar comes out. People are chanting Suplex City. And I, I'm not necessarily even sure it's any fault of the wrestlers themselves. It's just kind of how we've evolved as a, society, as a society, I guess. A guy comes out, you know, he's like, I love the crowd. I love this city. You know, I'm going to do the right things. I'm going to, you know, win a match. I'm not going to cheat. Those are all admirable qualities, right? But those are the guys that are getting booed now. <laughs> you, the thing is, I think everyone loves a badass. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's Lesnar's a badass, so they cheer him. Yeah. You know, Strowman is one, so they cheer him. They cheer him. You know, um, you know, if Reigns kind of did more heel stuff, you know, he gets heel heat. But if he was, you know, kind of like a a badass, you know, he probably would get, you know, cheered. He probably get some. But the only thing is, he's been forced on us, you know. And even the Miz, depending on who he fights. See, the Miz is an interesting, and I think he gets legit heel heat. Though, he too. he does, and I think he doesn't get the credit he deserves because he insults the crowd. You know, oh, yeah. if if you notice, a lot of these heels they just come in, they beat up, and then they people cheer for him. Mm. The Miz will come in, he'll cut a promo on whoever he's wrestling, mm. and then if people cheer for him, he'll even cut a promo on the crowd just to get that heat back. You know, kind of yeah. like remember, I'm the heel. You don't, you know, yeah. you don't cheer me. He's, you, you boo know, me. There's been other, you know heels that'll come out and you know like i think of like elias samson you know that comes out and he's like you know can you guys be quiet at the end of my movie this town doesn't deserve my talent there's a way that you do that like he when he says it he doesn't come across as as arrogant though i mean he's just he's just kind of out there just saying stuff that you can tell like when guys are saying stuff that's been written for him and then guys that are just really good at riffing and making you believe that's what they think like the miz is good at that like when he, he, I think it's stupid though, but he's the, my, when my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut kind of a deal. The, there's something about the Miz where it's maybe it's just his face. I, know, just, I heard somebody else say that some people just have a punchable face. You look at, you look at him and you think, I just want to punch that guy in the face. And, you know, he just has a real arrogant look about him, a real arrogant kind of a swagger about him. And uh, for all accounts, from, from what I can tell by his Instagram account and his Twitter feed, the Miz is a pretty nice guy. But something about when he gets in front of the crowd and in a camera, yeah, he just, he just, he's believable as a jerk. So when he comes across, he's like, this town sucks. They don't deserve my talent, you know, and this town doesn't deserve to see me fight or whatever. And, and the way that, you know, he wins his matches and he has the interference on the outside. I mean, those are things that Heels does. And he's really good at that to where it's like when he starts talking and especially when he rips on the crowd, like they'll cheer him. And also when he starts ripping on the crowd, you know, he rips on him as an arrogant jerk. Yeah. It's like, you guys think I suck. I don't suck. You guys suck. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and dude. It, yeah. <laughs> and it kind of goes to show, um, I mean, th- this has been said for a while now where um, when it goes into movies and televisions, you know, where they say some of the nicest people play the best villains on TV. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, being sports entertainment, you know, there is a lot of acting in yeah. wrestling. 
So, I mean, for him to be a nice guy, you know, kind of proves that point where, you know, nice guys probably play better heels because they know exactly maybe what they don't like in people yeah. and how they, you know, <clears throat> should react. And um, so that's a credit to, you know, to the Miz. And as far as like being a BA, you know, a crowd likes a BA, I, I, I wouldn't classify the Miz as that, though. No. He looks like, I mean, he's a, he's probably bigger than you think he is when you look at him on screen because, you know, he's got a pretty decent build, but you don't think of him as a big muscle guy or one of the, the giants in the ring or somebody where, like, if you saw him walking down the street in a dark alley, you'd go to the other side to stay safe. He doesn't come across as that type of a guy, you know? So I think it's easier for him to get legit heel heat that way, you know, because in order to win matches as a heel, he has to do more underhanded things, you know? He has to sneak the brass rock knuckles in or have one of his guys help him. I mean, when you when you look at The Miz and why his matches are really good and he gets that good heel heat because he spends the majority of the the of his matches getting the crap kicked out of him, you know, and you just think, okay, this is it. He's going to lose. Like, uh, he had that title offense against Jeff Hardy. I legitimately thought he was going to lose at that at a couple of points in the match. I kept waiting. I'm like, he's getting tossed around, <laughs> you know, and this is kind of cool. I was enjoying the match. You know, just, you know, kind of being a Jeff Hardy fan, especially I was a fan of his more back in the day. You know, now it's just, you know, he's okay. I don't, I don't mind him so much anymore. And, you know, I know he's real popular right now and he's good as a singles, singles wrestler. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if WWE, you know, wanted him to run with the Intercontinental title or even the world title for a little bit, you know, for a little bit. Uh, so I was kind of expecting it. And there are certain points in a match, you know, where they were setting up the swanton, I'm thinking, oh, this is it. You know, especially when they kicked, um, the turning point for me where I thought, like, okay, maybe not, was when they kicked out Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel and they made Matt Hardy leave, but Maurice got to, Maurice got to stay. Yeah. I thought, and I, I thought to myself, okay, there it is. <laughs> I was like, okay, Hardy's not winning this match right now. But up until that point, I was in, I was in pretty good doubt. So, but yeah, those are, those are things that, that good heels do, you know, that they, they, they seriously, they want, they make you want to see them get the, their butt kicked, but they also make you want to see how they're going to, if they pull it out, how is it going to happen? You know, and I can't think of anybody right now that, that does it better than The Miz right now. How come he's not in the title picture, right? <laughs> you know, honestly. Uh, I mean, he. I know I think, he's got think, the IC title. I think but he could so. be, but I think he's done an excellent job carrying the, the mid card right now. Um, I don't know... I think he has the ability maybe to carry uh, the upper card like that. And only in the sense that, you know, all those guys, you'd probably want to see them kick the crap out of the Miz. Like Samoa Joe versus the Miz for the world for the for the world title. If Miz is the world champ, nine times out of ten I would think that Samoa Joe would win that match. And I would watch that just to see how it happened, you know. But I think the best thing that they could do is keep the belt on the Miz. The yeah. next one is like, okay, Strowman versus the Miz. Oh gosh, there's no he'd kill him. You know, and if Miz wins that match, you're here now like, how the heck did he win that match too? Or at least come away walk away with the belt. You know? Yeah, so who knows? Maybe I mean things are gonna change probably in about a year or two. Yeah. Um once right because right now it's almost like a cycle. Now it's all the big guys yeah. with the world title and you know and which it's is probably, the way Vince McMahon likes it. Yeah. I don't think this is necessarily a bet. If you have guys that can pull it off and carry it, fine. I don't care. I think this has been the best time they've had big guys that actually, you know, are exciting and they can go. Yeah. There's been times where back in the 80s it was like, yeah, you throw the belt on, on a big guy and he can't really carry it. Yeah. At least some of these guys, I mean, they, you know, they're Psycho a lot. Sid. Yeah, they're <laughs> a lot better, you know, uh-huh. than 
most of the guys in the eighties, you know, that were monster. He, mm. you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. So, but um, we kind of you know straight away. But you know, it's it's kind of hard, you know, when you talk about heels. So yeah, um, hopefully Strowman will go over. And the same thing with um, with Reigns, you know, with Reigns versus Cena, it's kind of like Reigns kind of needs this because if you let Cena beat him. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's all over. There's no way you're going to be able to push him as the, you know, face of the company. If you want him, he needs to beat Cena, period. You know, so. I think, um, I think the best thing, well, again, this brings us back to the whole heel heel thing. I think the best thing for companies is when they have legit heels holding titles and they can build up faces to chase or challenge them. I think right now, the way it stands is that if they want to boost ratings and, and all of that stuff like that, the best thing they can do is have a heel reigns, a heel Roman reigns hold the world belt right now. Cause it's not working as a face. They, he legitimately is hated right now for whatever reason, you know, guys that are really into wrestling don't like him because, you know, they don't like the whole outfit that, he, and I've read from a bunch of different people, friends of mine that are into wrestling, where they can't stand that he still kind of wears like the Kevlar from the old Shield. He hasn't progressed past that, and it's changed a bit, you know. But you know, they just think it's a stupid look to to the point where they think that you know his mic skills are lacking. You know, he's not good on the microphone. He stumbles over lines. He's trying to be funny when he's not funny. And other guys that don't like the fact that you know he has you know a move sets that is pretty much punch kick clothesline. You know, body slam, which is, you know, there's maybe some merit into that. I think he's gotten better, you know, but, you know, um, and he gets booed for it. That and like you're saying, it's like like Cena said that, you know, he's kind of a a packaged kind of a deal where he's being forced on people, quote unquote. Uh, If you're listening, Roman Reigns, that's not my saying. I'm just repeating what other people saying. Please don't Superman punch me. (laughs) You know, Uh, but I think if they really want to get him quote-unquote over with the crowd it may not getting him over with the crowd means that he may not necessarily get cheered right away or at all for that for that point but if you really want people get invested in his matches and i think to some degree they are uh is that um turn him heel and give him the belt because right now people hate him they're going to hate him no matter what you do embrace the heel you know although part of me thinks if he went heel people might start cheering him maybe that's a, a a small maybe, <laughs> you know. Well, why not run with it? You know, run, run with it. Give him the belt. You know, during this whole, and I kind of wonder maybe this is if this is where they're going with this program with Cena is that maybe Reigns kind of slowly goes full heel. Some point during this match, he pulls out a chair, blasts him with it. <laughs> you know, embraces the heel, takes the, runs with the belt. You know, maybe re-enters the title picture as a heel, takes the belt from Strowman who took it from Lesnar, maybe. And maybe you set up a three-way main event at WrestleMania that way, you know, um, which might be kind of cool, actually. I think Roman Reigns needs to call out The Rock and say, hey, you know, how do I get the fans, you know, on my side, you know? I'm I'm saying that half-jokingly. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I I think at this point, I think Reigns is so far down, so far up the hate tree, (laughs) you know, with the fans. Rock was never that far along. I mean, I know the fans turned on The Rock for a while. But that had more to do with him coming and going and coming and going and you know than it did with his actual entering work and his promo skills and you know because for the most part even remember when rock was getting booed 
and, and you know he was showing up his music would hit and people would boo him and they'd boo him during the match and chant Rocky sucks as soon as he grabbed the people's elbow people started cheering yeah <laughs> it was the weirdest thing yeah you know and yeah boo it, you suck and all of a sudden here comes the most electrifying move yeah we love you he dropped the people elbow people would cheer he'd go for the pin and win people would boo yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah I mean Roman I mean I I think he's done a good job I liked how he's progressed mm-hmm. um I just think he just gets a you know no pun intended, a raw deal, you know, just kind of does. And I really think, you know, people say, well, he's supposed to be the next face of the company. And it's like, you know what? Turn him heel, let him loose because that's, that's why he got popular is Mm -hmm. because when he was part of the shield, the shield was a heel group. Yeah. And they just, you know, attacked people and people started to cheer them. Yeah. That's why they did the whole flip. You know, everybody likes a BA. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if they just let him, because he, I mean, you see him walk down. He's got that look, you know, yeah. that he's going to go kick someone's butt. Yeah. And he does kick some butt, but it's just kind of like, you know, he's he's stuck in that face where he can't go over. Yeah. You know, it's like, okay, he beats him. Now, if he, like, after the matches, just started beating the crap out of people, mm-hmm. you know, and just did a, you know, I think that would be the turning um, point for Reigns in his career that I think people would actually start cheering him after a while. They'll boo him. Mm-hmm. But they're going to start liking him because they're going to like, yeah, I like this new attitude. I like this, you know, because he has that look, that attitude. That he's going to go kick someone's butt, but he's not <clears throat> kicking anyone's butt, you know, really. Yeah. By the way, I'm kind of glad they stopped putting those blue contacts in him. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because remember when he first came out, he had like the blue eyes thing going or the hazel eyes. And then uh, he hasn't done that like in the last five, six months now. They're just going with his natural eye color, which yeah. is good. I think they were trying to make him stand out a little bit more and kind of give him more of that menacing look with the contacts and just give him yellow eyes. Yellow eyes, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, you know. But um, yeah. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully he'll he'll go over Cena, and it's like you know, that'll be a rub, and they can have another match because you know, if Cena lost his first match, Cena would you know can can bounce back and say, you know what, I want another match. Uh-huh. But do it against a Cena who's. Or, or against a Roman Reigns who's a heel now, and you know if he beats him up and beats him, or you know even if it's just by disqualification or whatever, Cena doesn't get the um, doesn't get the uh, stigma of having quote unquote having buried somebody now because this guy's a heel. Yeah. Well, even though he did it to Rusev as a heel and Bray Wyatt as a heel, people want to hate Roman Reigns though. So I mean, again, it gets back to a real heel. People want to see him get his butt kicked. You know. Rusev was a pretty good heel when he had Lana when he first came up and he held the U.S. belt. Oh, he, he had that whole undefeated streak going. He was holding the U.S. title and people were kind of wanting to see him get his butt kicked. And He was undefeated up until he fought... Um, Cena for the, at Cena. WrestleMania, right? Yeah. yeah. He, had, he hadn't lost a match. Yeah. He hasn't and, lost uh, a match. He lost the belt and his first loss, you know, and it's I, just kind of... I think the only reason... Cause at that point during that match, I think Rusev was getting cheered if I remember if I remember correctly, and it was only because he was facing Cena. But I don't remember any of the matches where people were cheering for Rusev. You know, they, I mean, they were cheering for Lana, but that was a yeah. whole different thing. People yeah. were chanting, "We want Lana, we want Lana," you know, and weren't necessarily cheering for uh, for Rusev. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and, and I think Ru- I mean, just briefly talking about Rusev, I think Rusev is. Um, I mean, he's, I mean, look at the work, the, I mean, not only his room work has gotten better, but just, you know, the work that he's put into the gym. I mean, now yeah. he's, you know, in great shape and you can tell he's putting in the work to, you know, handsome, handsome Rusev. Yeah. I just, just trying to remember what was that, that dumb gimmick he went with for a while. That was kind of funny, actually. Handsome Rusev. Yeah. But 
who's, who's oh yeah he was talking when he was doing that thing with Enzo and Big Cass he's like nobody calls you know you have to have somebody say that you're big everybody knows you're big like you don't see people calling me handsome Rusev <laughs> that was the one time I thought he was kind of funny <laughs> he is kind of funny if you see some of his um his stuff outside of the ring you know like Instagram and I heard him on podcasts before and you know all right he's a pretty cool guy <laughs> anyway moving along um smackdown smackdown i, I have to admit I, I missed part of that though but i do have a couple of opinions on some things that happened but i, I guess you you saw it so you can no. probably speak more to it as a whole than i can yeah you know i mean smackdown i mean they only had a couple of things that kind of you know stood out mm-hmm. um <clears throat> it, it's funny because um just gonna briefly talk about the uh baron corbin and ty dillinger you know yeah. match it was actually that was actually a pretty good match i mean I never really followed a lot of um, NXT mm-hmm. um, prior. So there's yeah. like some of these guys, you know, they come up, it's like, oh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Ty Dillinger, it's like, I just never seen a lot of his matches to understand the whole <laughs> perfect 10. Because to me, the perfect 10. You think of Mr. Perfect. Well, yeah. And also think more of, that's kind of like more of a heelish, you know, kind of like cockiness, you know, like, yeah. yeah, 10. But the fans have actually embraced that and it's like a positive yeah. thing. And, yeah. um, no, no, it was a good match, you know, so. He's a good worker, and he was really popular down in NXT, and, you know, he was a face down there. And actually, for the most part, and I hate this term, though, but he was kind of almost enhancement talent down there, where it's like he was used to put other guys over. But his gimmick was so cool, and he sold it really well, you know, and he, he was one of those guys, he's so charismatic. You know, you look at Adam in the ring, even though I think sometimes he's a little bit over the top with the whole jumping around and, you know, the whole movements and all that stuff like that that he does. But, you know, he's entertaining. Um, he puts on pretty decent to pretty good matches, you know. And uh, how can you not cheer a guy that works? And he's, he more than definitely paid his time down in NXT. I think he was down there for like, seems like forever since they started. Uh, and I know he spent some time on the indie scenes as well. And... Um, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's come a long way. He's done a lot, paid his dues. And I think, for the most part, I think fans know his story, respect it. And they're they're just, sometimes fans are just happy for a guy, you know. And the whole 10 thing is kind of funny. He used to come out, and he hasn't done it so much in, in the main roster, but he would come out in NXT and would have, like, these cards kind of hidden all, in, like, in his boots and in his trunks or whatever. And he would come out and flash the 10 cards for his intro, and, you know, everybody would chant 10, 10, 10. And he'd do a match, and you do like a, a move in the ring or something like that, and then pull out another ten card out of his boot and flash it to the crowd, and everybody would chant ten. And later on in the match, you know, the high point of the match or whatever, he'd do another move or whatever, and pull out another one out of the side of his trunks or whatever, and be another uh, perfect ten. And uh, so it was, it was fun. It was entertaining for the for the fans, and uh, I, th- I think um, I think that's a lot of the reason why he's over why people just really kind of get behind that. I notice now, like, when guys are standing up in the corner and they're, you know, people used to count along, like, one, two, three, four. Now they just chant, ten, ten, yeah. ten, ten. Even when the referee is counting outside of the ring, you know, one, two, the crowd's going, ten, yeah. <laughs> ten. <laughs> A lot of little weird things like that happen in the, in the, the old WWE universe lately. Yeah, especially, you know, when title matches, you know, and this match is scheduled for one fall. And I was like, what? one fall. It's like, when did that start? You know, well, the referee counts two and everybody goes three. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the whole Kevin Owens and um, and Shane McMahon thing. I mean, it's, you know, 
I don't know. I wish you could see my face right now. Uh, I'm torn on this one now. And I'm surprisingly torn because there's a couple of opinions here that I have on this. I think the segment has been really well written. Aside from the the match that SummerSlam with AJ and said they used it with the ridiculous amount of ref bumps, I thought that was hideous. But outside of that, I think the buildup to what's obviously coming is Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens. I think the buildup has been pretty good. I think a lot of that has to do with Kevin Kevin Owens selling it during his promos and him coming down and anointing himself referees for he's selling his frustration very well. And he's made it somewhat believable. And from a, a logic standpoint, it makes sense why he would be mad, why he would be, be ticked off and why he would be inserting himself in certain places. He's venting it. And I think creatively, I think it's been very well done. On the flip side of that, though, I'm very done seeing Shane McMahon in the ring now. I, I looked it up. He's 47 years old. Um, and I think the whole gimmick or the angle where the wrestler fights his evil boss or whatever, quote-unquote evil boss. I, I wouldn't call Shane McMahon the evil boss here. No, but out of all the McMahons, for some reason, he is the most popular McMahon. Yeah. I mean, people still cheer for Vince, but Vince can get people to boo him because yeah. he'll insult them. Stephanie McMahon comes out, they boo her, you know, but the yeah. only one they actually enjoy is Shane. And I think more it has to do with his daredevil attitude, you know, jumping off the top of the Titan Tron and off of this hell in a cell and the steel cage and putting himself through. I think people respect that. And I think they know that. I think with, with Vince McMahon, um, Vince has that on the boss, you know, you, yeah, you know, people like him because they respect for everything that he's done in their wrestling business and stuff like that. And, you know, for the most part, even those matches of, Aside from maybe one match in particular that I can think of, most of his matches are pretty crappy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, and the one match that I would say would be the exception is when he fought Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania. Two old dudes. <laughs> but you know what, though? That match stole the show, though. It really did. And were, I could go on about that match, why it was good, but that'd be a whole other diversion. But anyway, um, he gets Vince McMahon gets legit heel heat because he is. He's the owner of the company. And anytime people start cheering for him, he can just... Throw that card out there. Hey, I own this company. What? You don't like what I'm doing? Too, Too bad. bad. I'm making Roman Reigns the face of the company, and he'll get booed. He knows he can get heat. He knows it. that's another guy, a legit heel. He knows how to get the crowd to, to turn on him, and he knows when he walks out there, people are going to cheer, and they're going to bow down and say, thank you, Vince, and all stuff like that. But, but when he wants that heat, he knows how to get it. You know, He knows what buttons to push. and He knows how to turn it up. Yeah, knows how to turn it up, yeah. You know, but I don't think I think Shane's always been the, you know, He's always been known as the nicer McMahon. He's always, you know, yeah. he's been kind of like, especially lately on this current run, you know, where he's the nice guy. You yeah, know. he's like, I'm just like, you know, any one of you. Yeah, but with a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like the any one of you people that have has a billionaire as a dad, owns his own company, and <laughs> you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's oh yeah, seeing, that's me. <laughs> that's right. Seeing Shane in the ring again, it's kind of like uh, another match, you know, because yeah. He just came off what, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, he just fought AJ and it's like, we don't really need him out there again. <clears throat> no. Um, and f- to some degree now it's like, there's, there's a, a high level of predictability now that comes with Shane McMahon. Like, you know, he's going to jump off the top turnbuckle to the outside of the ring and drop that elbow. I, I mean, I know you can say this without anybody though, but in particular, when you see him, it's like, okay, he's going to do the coast to coast. He's going to do the the little punches you know yeah he's gonna do a little foot shot but other than that it's like okay it's 
and, and uh, part of it has to do is because you know he's not really a wrestler. I mean, I, I, I guess maybe he's done it long enough now, or I guess maybe you can say he is, but you know, it's like he's he's not a trained professional wrestler who spent time. And it's like okay, it's just not believable, and maybe that's what it is. It's just not believable to me that he can, you know, after seven or eight years, you know, like the whole thing with The Undertaker. You know, he hadn't been around in seven years. You legitimately think he's going to beat The Undertaker, really. Yeah. (laughs) And then it's like, okay, you know, okay. And then he did that, and then a year later, okay, he's going to be in the ring with AJ Styles. It's like, okay, so you really want me to legitimately think that he's going to beat AJ Styles, who was a former TNA champion, former WWE champion, somebody who spent time in Japan. You want me to believe that he can actually go toe-to-toe with AJ and has a chance to win that match. Really? Especially at his age now, at forty-seven, <laughs> you know. I don't know. Maybe and, if you look like his dad, <laughs> and he's in, and he's pretty, you know, he's in pretty decent shape. Um, but uh, it just—it's not believable to me anymore. You know, maybe when he was younger, he was with the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> you know, but it's like even then, it wasn't it, even believable. <laughs> not really, but it's like as entertaining as he is, and as those things were. You know, does it really elevate anybody? Does Kevin is how does this help Kevin Owens? How did it help AJ Styles? It doesn't. I, I, I can't see how it does. So it's like if it doesn't help them or elevate them, then you know, what's the point? Because back in the day, it's like you know when when this whole angle first started with Stone Cold and Vince McMahon, it was brand nobody had ever seen anything like that before. It's like what? First of all, we were all surprised that Vince McMahon owned the company. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of rumored and people kind of knew, but. They still kind of kept it under the under the cover, so it's like you're shocked about that, and then it's like, okay, well, Stone Cold just dropped a stunner on him. <laughs> what the heck? And then it's like, next thing you know, it's like, okay, Vince is gonna wrestle him. Then he took off his shirt. You're like, he's ripped. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the heck? And it's like surprise after surprise, and it's like, okay, I don't suspect that Vince McMahon is gonna really beat him, but it's like you're just kind of like, are they really gonna do this? Heck yeah, he didn't. Like Stone Cold just stomped a mud hole in. I mean, like, okay, wow. And that feud went on for like a good, it felt like a good four or five years, you know? Yeah, where it kind of made it look like maybe Vince could hold his own just because he was in that great of shape, you know? Yeah, obviously was a better shape than Stone Cold. Maybe not hold his own, but you knew that Vince was going to pull something out of his hat to where yeah. it was just going to, he was going to screw Stone Cold one way or the other. You know, he was, Vince was going to get the crap kicked out of him. He was going to get a stunner, which is always funny to see. I, 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 even still to this day, I would pay good money for Stone Cold to get Vince McMahon a stunner. <laughs> but, you know, it was just one of those things where it's like, okay, I know Vince is going to get the crap kicked out of him. But it's like, too, it's like, I know Vince is going to screw Stone Cold, too. So it's like, how's this going to happen? And those, that was the drama that was played out between those two. And with Kevin and, and Shane, I just don't see that anymore. You know, Shane is not, I mean, Shane is the face, you know, so he's not actively trying to hose over Kevin Owens, so to speak. And we can even get into that a little bit where it's the whole thing where it's like, you know, Kevin Owens is frustrated. It's like, if you really want to think about it logically, and maybe this is my my mistake, I'm thinking too logically about it. Kevin Owens should be mad. (laughs) No, he should be. I think he should be. I think if anyone should be fighting Shane, it should be somebody in the mid card. I don't needs. think anybody should be fighting Shane. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going with the whole thought process, mm-hmm. you know, that it needs to elevate, you know, somebody, mm-hmm. you know, fighting like their boss. Maybe it should be like, you know, Sami Zayn. Because, I mean, even Kevin even Kevin Owens mentioned something. goes, hey, why don't you be a referee? You ain't doing nothing. Yeah, I know. That, you was, know? that was kind of funny. And exactly. I can't remember really what has Sami Zayn. 
Sami Zayn done anything really. That's too bad to because he's really good. No, he is, you know, and so I mean, like I'm saying, I'm joking. I have to say though, uh, uh, as, a, as a side note, I, I am enjoying the fact that they're making his character kind of annoying. Like he talks all the time. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny to me, but I'd like to see him do more in the ring. Yeah, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, if the boss is going to get in there with somebody, it should be with somebody that needs you know that push, that rub, you know, that if they, you know, when they win, I, I shouldn't even say if. But when they win, you know, they beat Shane McMahon. It kind of, you know, um, empowers them a little bit, kind of, you know, moves yeah. them up a little bit, you know, saying, you know, you know, whatever. So, but this this whole this whole angle, though, to me, it's like it doesn't it doesn't make Kevin Owens, although he did a really good job, especially by you know, kind of nagging on um, or bagging on Shane McMahon about the accident, and how you know everybody would be better off if if he was dead, and including his kids. I thought that was that was really cool heel stuff right there. Yeah, but up until that point, I was saying that you know, with th- with this angle, I'm not sure that it elevates um, Kevin Owens as a as a as a heel. Up until that point, where he had made the comment about you know Shane's kids and all this stuff like that, you know. But up until that point, I was like, you know, thinking about it logically. Maybe that's my mistake though. But I was like, Kevin Owens, you know, that's I mean, his complaints would be something that a, a face would make because yeah. You know, he, he had his own special referee. The referee left. And uh, Shane was just saying, you can't go around inserting yourself in the matches as a referee. But that's exactly what Shane did. He just, he just inserted himself. Instead of pulling another referee down, he just inserted himself. So, of course, yeah, Kevin Owens would be mad about that. So, I don't understand why that, as far as an angle goes, why that makes Kevin Owens a bigger a bigger heel. You know? Um and it kind of makes Shane look like a jerk, you know, a little bit too for doing it. But it's like, you know, they're not billing Shane as a heel. No, you know, and everything that, Ke- um, that Kevin Owens has done for this, um, for this gimmick. Mm. I mean, not the gimmick, but for this storyline, mm. um, the whole buildup. I mean, he's done a fantastic job, you know, mm. he's played his part very well. Yeah. But just the outcome, it's kind of like the payoff. What's what's really the big payoff of him either beating Shane or losing to Shane? I don't think he's going to lose the Shane mm-hmm. but you never know you know no. so I think I mean because I can't remember the last time that Shane well I can, yeah he, yeah he's lost the other matches never mind but anyways um we're I mean so he beats Shane he gets the bragging rights and he just keeps going on about how you he know a, he beat a guy in his mid 40s who, who never wrestled so I was like how does that how does that help him I don't yeah get he still stays the same it's not like he's jumping from mid card to the upper card he's already on the upper card yeah, he, he should be higher up on the upper card, by the way, but that's just my opinion. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> right now that's gender's gender spot. So, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I don't have a problem with gender either. Anyway, I don't either. But that kind of leads to the whole um, Orton and Nakamura match, which I, I missed w- that. I was surprised that um, Nakamura beat Orton cleanly. I, see, I didn't see it. I saw just the end. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't see the I didn't see the match as a whole. So. You know, so I, I was, I mean, going into the match, I just wasn't sure who was going to win just because I'm sitting there thinking, okay, so do you really need to see Orton fight Mahal? It's like, no. And it's like, okay, so we're going to have Nakamura fight Jinder again, which they just came off a pay-per-view. That was not a very good match either, by the way. No, it wasn't. So it's like, okay, so why are we having these two guys again fight to see who has, you know, the... You know, chance to fight the champ. You know, because honestly, they both lost. They really don't have any rematches. Yeah. You know, Orton already. Yeah, he was a champ. He he used his rematch clause. You know, long time ago. Yeah. 
Nakamura was never a champ, so why is he get, he lost to the champ? Why is he getting another match? I'm sure there could have been someone else that can step up and fight Jinder Mahal. Mm-hmm. So, with the, I mean, I'm not really excited about this next match with Nakamura and Jinder. I mean, unless they both, unless that match ends up being you know fantastic, which I don't really see that. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of like it's more of a it's going to be more of a eh kind of title match. Yeah, it, which Jinder does not need. He needs. If you want to make him the monster heel, you want to, you know, really go with this, you really need to stick someone else in there that's not Orton, that's not Nakamura. Mm-hmm. Throw in someone fresh because he's beaten both of those guys, and it's kind of like, all right, move along. You know, yeah. we don't need you guys. Who else would step up, though? And that and that's the problem. It's like, you know, they don't have that many interesting faces, you know, and it's like if – I think if AJ wasn't, you know, stuck with the U.S. title, he'd be a good um, person to challenge him. I think he'd be a good person to take the title away from him. Mm-hmm. But um, the whole, which kind of, le- and I think I did touch. Um, I like a- heel AJS champ too, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did the touch this runs the camp. last time where <clears throat> Jinder Mahal is the only guy that actually does fit that whole heel champion. He he fits the he whole. Does. He's still growing into it, but yeah, he does. He he gets pretty legit. He, too. Yeah. He looks like a champ right now. Yeah, he does. There's And it's like. Who do you put in there with him to find him to take that title? I it's think like, some of his, I think some of his skills are, ring skills are still needing to be improved. But, but you know, I, I, I like it. I like it. I like the, the move a lot. Hit him as the champ so far, and I hope he holds on to it for a little while longer. Though, but I want to see him get a little bit better in the ring, especially at selling other people's, you know, offensive move sets and all that stuff. I don't. His, his offense is somewhat limited, but I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I think that him as. A, when he when he you know when he's selling other people's moves or he's selling somebody else's comeback, I th- it was where I think he needs to get a little bit better at. Yeah, <clears throat> and I mean he's typical heel. I mean he doesn't need to be you know like the most technical guy in there. I mean no. he's got the Singh brothers out there that's always going to be you know interfering in his matches. They've helped a lot. Yeah, too, as well they they do add a lot. Look at this little oompa loops getting tossed around the room. Yeah, I know he's like he should be actually their bodyguards. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Are you really protecting him? <laughs> They're just slowing them down, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like they haven't found the right opponent for him to have a you know a good match. I mean, he's he's an okay wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's where Mahal is right now. So I just hope they keep him as champion and they don't put this blame on him because really they haven't developed anybody else to you know be the guy to go up there. Yeah, you know, and right now like. Bobby Roode, I mean, he's too new to challenge him, and yeah, he's no. kind of he's he's a heel. Is he? Have they turned him heel yet? Because right now they've been having him face. Uh, they've been booking him as a as a good guy. Hmm. And that's that's the other thing that's confusing. And I know they do this a lot because when guys first come up, it's a surprise factor, and people chant for him, and people are excited to see for him. And then eventually, you know, if they're going to be healed, they make the turn though. But I don't know if they've done that yet with with Bobby Roode. And when he first came up, he fought. His first match was against. Um, Aiden English, and then uh, somebody else just recently too. I can't remember who it was, but you know he's basically fighting heels. He's been fighting as a face so far and kind of sucking up to the crowd. <clears throat> Which I know they they like doing the surprise, the move, and all stuff like that. But I think with Rude, especially him being a, a really good heel, I think they should just have him kind of like what they did with Adam Cole down at NXT. It's just have him come in, make his debut, but have him attack somebody on his debut. So people know legitimately he's a heel. Yeah. They're excited. Like, whoa, who's this? Oh, sweet. Kind of like in the same thing they did with Samoa Joe. 
Samoa Joe came out of nowhere. They wanted to book him as a heel right away. And that's the question. I mean, and that's another thing, too. I think the whole problem with SmackDown, I mean, at least with Raw, you kind of know who's a heel and who's a face. SmackDown. Unless you're in the women's division. Yeah, (laughs) that is true in both both, uh, brands. But just in the SmackDown, it's like, who's your strong heel? Who's your strong face? Even though it's just weird. It's not. It's not a strong show as Raw, mm-hmm. but I do like the chances that they do take on that show. You know, call me crazy. I'd like to see Orton, not Orton. I'd like to see Ambrose go heel. I think he'd be he'd be a good heel. I don't know if he'd le- get legit heel heat though, but I think he'd be an interesting heel, a hardcore heel. You know, and um, just right now I'm just looking up that the SmackDown roster, mm-hmm. and I'm just looking at some of these guys. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's like it seems like there's a lot more heels than there is you know faces and just some of these guys i mean there's really nobody nobody stands out no i mean mojo rawling i mean does is he a heel now or is he face no he's he's a he's a face yeah but it's like i can't i can't picture him you know being in a upper card i mean it's like you got the colognes rusev is a heel yeah so you're not going to have him fight you know jinder mahal you know, Shelton Bell- Benjamin just came back. I mean, it's like... It doesn't make sense to stick him in there right away either. No, and then you got three guys, you know, that are pretty popular, but they're not going to break up in the um, New Day. They, they, You know what they need? They need another, like, um, roster shakeup. Yeah. Move Which some I guys. have a feeling is coming, though. It's been a, pretty, been a pretty weak SmackDown. Well, with that said, let's uh, take a brief uh, break at the moment, and we'll be right back. We'll be back. Want to join the two brothers from different mothers? Like their fan page on Facebook, where you can body slam into the conversation and check for info and updates about upcoming episodes and more. And we're back. We're back. All right, so now we're going to um, briefly touch upon the uh, May <clears throat> Young uh, Classic Tournament that's been going on. Yeah. If you have the WWE Network. For nine ninety nine. Yeah, we should get it for free because we're plugging in. <laughs> I know it's like the third cast in a row where we've mentioned that <laughs> for only nine ninety nine. Uh-huh. And if you if you haven't subscribed, get your free month. No, I, I'm actually trying to log into it right now because I wanted to look up and make sure I got the brackets right for it. I've only watched. Um, I know you've gotten a lot farther than I have it with the uh, yeah. with the tournament. I've only watched like the first uh, three episodes, which it's uh, roughly four matches per episode Yeah, in the first round. And mm-hmm. for me, it's been really, it's been really tough. It's been a struggle to watch it. And I believe the reason why for me, it's been a struggle is the fact that they've thrown in some women. Some of these women are very talented and, mm-hmm. you know, athletic and everything, but some of them, have wrestled each other for the very first time. So the matches are awkward. And yeah. on top of that, I love JR as an announcer, mm-hmm. but he works well with somebody else. Yeah. And Lita is not very good. I get it. They want to have a female, you know, yeah. um, wrestler in there. It's a lot of people being thrown together for the, for, for the first time. And, you know, yeah. So all trying to, the commentary is kind of sucking, you know, <laughs> some of these matches are sucking. Cause even JR, I mean, you can kind of see that he's trying to, yeah. you know, drum something up and then it's like you know he'll say something and then you're expecting like another comeback from Lita and Lita's like yeah that's really good (laughs) Uh you know or or whatever you know and it's kind of like the king and commentary can make or break a match yeah you know and the king and um and JR I mean they're great I mean you go back and it's like you know JR and Gorilla Monsoon I mean anybody um 
has worked well with Ross, except for Lita. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to think it's like, you know, maybe because Renee Young is, is more of an interviewer. I mean, she has more charisma mm-hmm. and I think she's, you know, she's a lot, I mean, she handles everything so well, but yeah. I guess you can't put her in everything, but yeah. yeah, they need somebody with, you know, better. Yeah. I, uh, I've, I've watched pretty much the whole thing so far and I think the finals are taking place, um, this coming Wednesday, if I believe, uh, on the, would that be the 12th or something like that? I think or whenever, whenever that day is the next Wednesday. Um, but I, I, I've been really entertained by it. I, you're right. Some of the matches have been a little less than spectacular. They've got, I'm surprised that a bunch of people, or I should say not a bunch, but maybe a, more than a few people that um, are either wrestling their first match or have only been wrestling for like maybe, you know, a few months now and are really inexperienced. They've got some longtime veterans in there uh, that have, you know, been around the world and fought in different promotions and stuff like that. And then... Um, some of the NXT uh, talent is, is mixed in there as well. So it, it's a pretty good hodgepodge, but you can definitely, the one thing that stood out to me is that you can definitely tell like the people that are having their first matches, some of them are really, really green. And uh, knowing that going in, you know, I, I kind of looked at it a little bit differently where it's like, okay, well, let me see what they're going to do. And you can tell that they were kind of telegraphing moves and, you know, um, not as sharp or not as fluid as some of the people that have been in there. For a long time, but you know you can kind of see the potential there, so it, it doesn't bug me as much. Um, but I think for me watching it, though, I've been pretty entertained by it. I thought some of the matches were really great. There was a couple of maybe three or four uh, ladies that wrestled that I just thought that um, WWE really needs to pull the trigger and get these guys under contract. And they're probably maybe they're working on it as we speak. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes with that, but. I mean, obviously, they're there in a tournament for a reason. They saw something in them, too. So they, they probably see the same thing that I'm talking about, though. But uh, my favorites right off the bat, uh, in no particular order, just as they pop in my head, has been Tessa Blanchard, uh, who had an insanely good match, I felt, with um, with another girl, uh, K- Kyrie Sane, um, who's in the tournament as well. Uh, those two have been really, really, really good. They had an excellent first-round match. It was a first-round match, and I couldn't believe that in the sense that I thought, okay, these both needed, both of these ladies needed to advance and be in the second round and kind of help elevate the tournament as a whole. But they they had a just a really, really good match in the first round, and um, I won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen it, but uh, it's, it's worth checking out. To me, it was the highlight of the first round. Another lady that stood out, uh, because her, her ring work was pretty good, but I felt like she was really charismatic and really, you know, really kind of sold you and made you want to believe in her was uh, was Tony Storm. Uh, really good look, young lady. Um, you know, uh, it was just it was entertaining to watch her through the match. She was very entertaining. She sold the matches very well. You know, um, the other one uh, would have been, and I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Carrie Sane, Tessa Blanchard, Tony Storm. Oh. Uh, I personally thought uh, Rhea Ripley was oh was yeah, really yeah. good. That was the other one. Yeah, she was very charismatic. She was. She was very, 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 very intense. You know, um, carried herself very athletic, extremely athletic. Uh, Lacey Evans is another one I'm thinking of that really, and she's in the NXT roster, and I've seen her before. But you know, for the most part, um, she had been used as enhancement talent as well. But this is the first time that I've really seen her kind of break out and really work matches and I thought I thought she was incredible I thought she was really really good had a really good look a deceptive look because 
and I know she's a little bit older than most of the other contestants. I think she's 31, 32, something like that. Uh, former Marine was apparently a SWAT member, member of the SWAT team yeah. in the military. A hardcore, not somebody that you'd want to mess with in the wrestling ring, you know, and really not want to mess with in real life, <laughs> you know. And, uh, yeah, I was really blown away. Uh, Piper Nevin, um, she was probably the biggest lady in the um, in the in event. I thought she was kind of limited as far as, like, her moveset goes, but as far as, like, charisma and selling the matches and, and making it believable, I thought she did a really good job, too. And there were several spots in the tournament where I thought the matches were really good. And there's a couple of things where, a couple of points in the match where I just watched it just purely to see what was going to happen. But, you know, I just watched and thought that, you know, if I could, I, I might have clicked past this one, yeah. <laughs> this one or that one or other. But, but uh, I've, I'm I'm looking forward to the finals there. Um, I'm surprised at who's in the finals. Uh, one of them, one of them, I'm not surprised. The other one, I, I kind of am, but I, I see where they're going with it. So, um, hopefully, this whole thing, this whole tournament, and the angle that they're going with here will lead to something bigger for the women's division in NXT and on the main roster. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've <clears throat> I haven't finished the first uh, round yet. I mean, like I said, I was in the middle of um, episode three, mm-hmm. so that's uh that's like ten matches in. It gets better if you watch the first round. I can understand why anybody would be disappointed in it watching the first round because there wasn't a whole lot of highlights, you know. But it definitely picked up in the second and the third round. So, and you know, for me, I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and you know reveal who won or anything like that, but. Um, you know, you t- I know you, where you're going, <laughs> but you t- you know, you touched upon, um, you know, um, Storm being, you know, a, you know, one of the good um, people to watch to follow, yeah. you know, mm. and I chimed in with uh, Ripley, mm. and um, there was um, there's someone else that I thought was uh, pretty interesting was uh, Mia Yim. She fought a uh, Sarah Logan. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah. yeah yeah. I forgot about her. Yeah, she was she was entertaining. She was it was pretty good. I, yeah. I didn't I wasn't necessarily into her first round match, but her second round match I thought was pretty good. Sarah Logan was okay. Um, the whole cowgirl image thing was a little bit, I don't know, I could have done without it. Um, and while I'm thinking about it, is it just me or does Rachel Evers look a heck of a whole lot like Stephanie McMahon? Like she could have been her daughter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, and Rachel Evers, I mean, she happens to be um, Paul Ellering's daughter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. And she, she was okay. I, there was nothing that really made me go wow you i know? think there's some potential in there um i, I guess i don't know you know um, i mean i wouldn't say she was you know i didn't dislike her matches i didn't think she was awful it was just i mean i'm surprised to hear that she was ellie ring's daughter I, i'd forgotten about that to be honest but you know if i didn't know that i couldn't think of anything else that really stood out about her you know and um, her match with uh marty bell i don't know if you remember that one i think so yeah um that was, i mean it was an okay match but um the one thing I noticed about Marty Bell is she was kind of like, um, you know, like an old school seller, mm-hmm. you know, where she just, um, like if, when she kicked out and, you know, she looked around in the crowd and, mm-hmm. you know, was just trying to be very, um, expressive mm-hmm. or like right before the lockup, it was kind of like, you know, she was like, no, 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 no. She'd go to the ropes, you oh, know, yeah. and it's like, you know, I don't want to start yet. You know, the typical yeah. old school heel, which you don't see very often anymore. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing too, I was kind of turned off when I noticed with the first, um, in the first round, first couple of matches was the whole psyching out, you know, where it's like, you know, right before they start the match, you know, they the stick handshake. their hand, you know, stick their hand out for a handshake. And then right when the other person goes for it, they, you know, they pull it away kind of uh-huh. like up, 
it, it was kind of overdone. There was like at least three or four matches that did. Uh, and it's the like, first time it happened, you're like, okay, cool. Now it's on. You know, yeah. you've got a defined face and a heel. And I think uh, for me, like when I'm watching that, it was hard to determine, okay, who am I supposed to cheer for? And who am I supposed to, you know, not be into? And it, as the tournament wore on, that got a little bit more clear. But when it's first starting out, because, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't, hadn't heard of any of these ladies before other than the few that I'd seen in NXT. So I'm like, okay, I don't know. I, I'm not sure who I'm supposed to be able, whom, who they're wanting me to get behind in this match. So, and then some of the matches, it was just, it became clear as you watched it. And as you watch it, and then there was a couple in there that you're just like, I still have no clue who I'm supposed to. It, it like you said, it just seemed really awkward because they hadn't wrestled each other before. And some of these ladies were climbing in a ring together for the first time Yeah, that, that we know of, you know? Oh, of course. And, um, it was interesting when they always did the back. Uh, they, I think they did a fantastic job, a phenomenal job when they were doing the whole build up. Yeah. Where they had the little interviews, you know, right before the <clears> matches, <throat> you know, so you can that was you know, cool. see the personalities of, uh-huh. you know, of the women. I thought that was great. A great production. And it was always interesting to find out which of these ladies went to which wrestling school. It's yeah. like one of them was from um, the Dudley school. One of them was yeah. from Booker T school, you know, <laughs> so. And it's like, oh, okay, you know. So I have to say, now that I think about it, probably another one of mine that I was pleasantly surprised with was Abby Lath. She was the the ballerina. <laughs> yeah, I see potential in that. Yeah, she's pretty cool, and and this sounds really bad, but she's actually younger than I thought she was. She 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 looked older to me. I thought maybe she was like in her mid thirties, but it turns out she's only twenty six. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I just aged her by like almost ten years. Poor girl. But, uh, you know, she, she was, I was, I was impressed. She, she, um, apparently has been around for a little while. I mean, she obviously only 26 years, 26. She's only been wrestling for a little bit, but, but, uh, I thought that she did a really good job of being the baby face and selling. She got in there with some girls that were just playing bigger than her was. She was in there with a girl named Jazzy Gabbard, her first round match. And I thought she was going to get mauled. And she Drago. kind of, she, she did, she looked, she looked like Drago from Rocky, was it yeah. Rocky 3, Rocky 4? Rocky 3. Yeah, the big Russian dude. I must break you. We'll say Dolph Lundgren. That's who she, she yeah. looked like a female, and she looked just as big as he does too. And Abby Lath, if you haven't seen the match, she's, I think they listed her as 5'2". Yeah. <laughs> you know, so she's a little tiny girl and she's wearing this, she comes out to the ring and, you know, she's a former ballet dancer. So she kind of incorporates some of that into her moveset and into her entrance where she does the whole plie thing where she bows like a ballet dancer you know she looks really girly she's got the glittery lipstick and the glittery eyebrows you know and the eyeliner makeup going and all that stuff like that she does the splits and the high kick you know yeah and uh so but then out comes jazzy gabbard who's this bodybuilder looking girl who's probably an even six i'm guessing because she's pretty tall too she looked like she was like maybe 510 getting up close to six feet and she looks like she weighs about a good 220, you know, but she's ripped. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I mean, she's going to get destroyed, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But she comes out, you know, and it was like they told the typical kind of like David versus Goliath story where the little guy is trying to beat the big guy. And, it was, and she sold it really well. And from that point, and that, that was probably like maybe the third or fourth match in. I thought, okay, this has been the best match so far because I'm really interested to see how this is going to work. I didn't think Abby was going to win. And I guess I just threw a spoiler out there because she won. But uh, it was it was really entertaining to see that, so I was I was pleasantly surprised by that, and I thought she's pretty good, you know. I I I think that she she could I don't know how far she could go, but she could definitely go further than where she has been now, you know. Which is I'm assuming she's an indie wrestler because I had never seen her in NXT or anything like that before. So I think she's got potential as well too. So 
And but, yeah, and then for me, I think the best, at least the matches that I've seen, mm-hmm. one of the better matches was the uh, Mia Yim and uh, Sarah Logan. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I thought they, you know, their moves were fluid. You know, they mm-hmm. worked well together. But I, you know, you haven't seen the, it for whole first round yet, have you? No, I haven't. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but I did notice. But I, you know, I did pick it up during the um, during the whole commentary that they have actually. I guess Logan's first um, opponent when she's broke into wrestling was in Japan him. was against her. Yeah. So it's like, okay, that so helps. I don't know how many matches they've had between them, mm. you know, throughout their career, their, but there their was young at least career. Some familiar. There was. Yeah. And that was and that to me that was key to having a good match because it's like it you know, at least have a match or two or you know, with somebody where you can actually know how their style is, yeah. just a mesh. So, you know, cuz obviously like I said earlier, some of these matches it was just kind of like no, it's, it's not working just because, you know, they're telegraphing their moves and yeah. it's just slow. And But the uh, to me, like the highlight, the, comp- the complete highlight of the first round was Tessa Blanchard versus Kyrie Sane. And uh, that literally stole the first round by a long shot. And uh, Kyrie Sane, I think every match she's had so far that I've seen in the tournament has been the, the match to watch in that particular round. And I guess I just gave another spoiler away. But... Uh, Tessa Blanchard, I, I don't understand why she's not part of the NXT women's division. I don't understand why she's not part of the the main roster because she's clearly, I mean, far and away better than most of the women that were that were on in the Mae Young, you know, classic, and probably better than some of the women that were in the that are on the NXT roster. To be quite honest, and that's not to say that they're not good or getting better. And, and I understand it's the developmental system, but. I don't get why she's not part of that. I could easily see her as the next, you know, having, you know, Oscar vacated the belt. I could easily see Tessa stepping in and carrying the women's division as the NXT champ. And I wouldn't even bat an eyelash about it because she's that good. And she did, she put on that good of a match with Kyrie. And uh, I guess, I don't know how, I, this is the first time I've ever seen or heard of Kyrie saying, but I could easily say the same thing about her. It's like if she, if she wins this tournament, gets a contract or whatever. Um, the only reason I could see her spending time in NXT a little bit is maybe to work on promo skills. Cause she really hasn't said much. Cause she doesn't speak English as far as I know. Uh, maybe they want her to work on that aspect of it or for her to get used to the, the WWE style of wrestling. But those two are insane, insanely talented. I'm, I was watching that first round match and it, it was like, like some of the other matches, like on a scale of one to 10, you know, they were like sixes, sevens, pretty good getting to, you know, okay. They're kind of holding interest, this interest, you know, that match was like in the nine, the eight, nine, 10 level. It was pretty good. It was really good. Kind of makes you wonder why they didn't split them up. Yeah, exactly. I was, <clears throat> I was surprised that that was it. I mean, I had never seen, I've seen Tessa Blanchard wrestle before, you know, and I was still, you know, and I was kind of impressed with, I was more impressed with her with this match. And I don't know if that had to do with who she was wrestling that they brought the best out in each other, but I'd never seen or even heard of Kyrie Sane before. And she, when she came out kind of wearing the whole pirate outfit, I was like, okay, what? <laughs> you know, I was l- probably like maybe the third or fourth move in. I was blown away. I, she's that good. And I was, I was really into that whole match. It's like some of the other matches, I kind of got up and walked away and did different things and came back and was kind of, I was watching it, but kind of loosely watching it. And, uh, I hit the pause button when I knew I had to walk up and get away and do something because I didn't want to miss anything. It was that good. And every match she was in after that was that good. Um, And to be honest, I can't remember ever really saying that about any women's match at any level, to be honest. I mean, 
Charlotte versus Sasha, yeah, I, I would hit pause or I would watch that whole thing completely. Um, most of Charlotte's matches are are, are are that level. Most of Asuka's matches down in NXT are that level, though, but it's rare. It's rare, you know. And they're getting better with the women's division, but I, I was really... I, I can't even say enough how impressed I was with, with, with the two of them in particular, you know, the match that they put on and then the talent level of, of Kyrie. And, uh, and some of the other women really surprised me too. There was a couple of newbies that they had. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but she was she has this gimmick where she calls herself the EST. She has it on her tie. She's a young black lady. Um, reminds me a lot of Jazz uh, from the Attitude Area, where she's really athletic, really well built. You know, she's strong, insanely. She did this insane 450 flip off the top rope and nailed it. And she's only been wrestling for for less than a year. And so when I heard that she was a rookie, I really wasn't expecting much, you know. Sometimes, you know, you can kind of tell when they don't know what they're doing and they're kind of walking around the ring and telegraph doing setting up for moves like five minutes early, earlier before it actually happens. Like you can tell they're getting ready to do a power slam because they're already in a scoop position, <laughs> you know. And uh, she looked pretty darn polished. I was like, she's only been wrestling for how long, you know? And you can kind of see things that, you know, maybe that this could be better or that could be better, but... She's got natural heel written all over her. Where she, I think she, when she she hasn't even wrestled in the NXT level yet. Yeah. Uh, the the May Young Classic was her first match. Oh wow! And, and I was really impressed. I was like, whoa, okay, I can see why they're high on her. Kyrie Sane and, and Tessa Blanchard, I could easily see either one of those two stepping right into the main roster or right into the NXT scene and headlining that and carrying it. You know, and I like <clears throat> I really like how they've been pulling all this talent from all these you know different you know. Indie, you know, independent leagues, you know, how they've From been. From UFC. And <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and because if if they didn't do that, it's like, you know, where are you going to see these people? You know, it's like. Um, There's a know, couple of girls in there. I mean, aside from Shayna Baszler that, that did fight in MMA, maybe not in UFC, but did fight <clears throat> MMA style, you know, matches, you know, in with MMA or whatever. I'm not into into that really at all. So I don't know what the different leagues or federations are. But I know, I think Mia Yen was actually one of those two. She fought in MMA. Uh, and um, Martina Mar- Martinez or something like that. I can't. I can't think of her name. I'm getting it mixed up. Oh, Mercedes Martinez. Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. yeah, I know she has an MMA background as well. And then Shayna Baszler. Uh, yeah. Well, the that first um, the first match I believe in the whole first round was um, Zeta versus um, Baszler, and one was um, MMA mm-hmm. fighter, and then the other one was a UFC fighter. Mm-hmm. And you know, watching those two in the ring, I mean, for me. If I was gonna base the whole tournament, I was like, "Really? Is this what I'm gonna watch?" That was pretty bad. It was pretty. It was pretty horrible. It, yeah, it was just one of those matches where it's like, "Why you?" You know, it's like, "Why?" I mean, yeah. they're. I mean, they wrestled stiff, and there were so many missed spots. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, they want to be wrestlers. They're what it just. Yeah, I mean, it was just. A, it was like it was a throwback to a bad match from the '80s. Yeah, when you throw in two guys in there. And neither one of them has charisma. Really doesn't can't carry a match, and it's like they like both Iron want Mike to be, Sharp versus Tom Rocky Stone. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That might be more exciting, you know. Yeah, but that that was the whole problem, you know. It's kind of like it was a it was a stiff, boring match. With, uh, I mean, granted, I mean these they're talented, and you know, granted they actually can kick, you know, some butt. But I'm not stepping in a UFC ring with Shayna Baszler. Yeah, <laughs> you know, forget that. But as far you know, because she probably honestly whooped the tar out of me. But yeah, or or Zeta. I mean, yeah. But I wouldn't step in the ring with any of those a, ladies. As far as a WWE ring goes, though, it's like yeah, it was pretty hard to watch. And uh, yeah, 
but the, yeah, pulling people from different backgrounds and all that stuff like that. It was pretty cool, especially when you see what countries are coming from. And there were some people that, again, you know, I was talking about the lady who was um, gimmicking herself as the EST, you know, it being her first match and having been training for at the NXT, the Performance Center, for like uh, for the last year, and this was her first match out. Uh, there was another lady, Ji uh, Lang, Ji Lin, um, X I L A N G, I believe, Ji Lang. Oh, um, um, Zia Lee. Zia Lee what it was yeah and she um i think she um was discovered in like their recent tryouts over in like japan or wherever it was like three or four months ago and um that was her first foot in the ring period <laughs> you know and i thought like okay and that it really showed <laughs> but you know as far as like her entrance and the way she presented herself i thought she did a really good job i could see potential there too as well but yeah, there were some there were some really good high spots as far as like talent goes and and matches go, and there were some pretty low spots too as well where it left you wondering like, yeah, <laughs> okay, I, I don't know about that or this or whatever, but there's definitely some head scratchers there and some head scratchers throughout the tournament, <laughs> you know, so far. But you know, that's why they do what they do and why we're hosting a podcast. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, what what was really nice is just to see the. Um the um female wrestlers you know out there you know yeah. in the crowd you know the, the current stars you know you saw bailey was out there you saw the Charlotte. four horse women and the other four horse women and yeah and then um, y- you know where that's going right yeah yes <laughs> all right which is gonna be horrible i mean because probably i mean i think people are gonna wa- people kind of want to see i'm curious i don't i'm, I'm curious but I'm not expecting much. You know, I'm not expecting the payoff to be much where it's like, okay, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, and whoever the other two girls are, I have no idea who they are. You know, and then the four horsemen from the WWE, which is uh, Charlotte, Becky Lynch, Bailey, and Sasha. I'm not sure if Sasha's going to take part in that angle or not, though, but she wasn't there. But, um, yeah, you know, and what I was, um, if they're going to do that, mm-hmm. it should definitely be at a Survivor Series. Yeah next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> let them train yeah you know let them get some you know matches under their belts before they go ahead and do this whole thing i mean i see why they want to do it but i think the wow factor and the cool factor is there for it. it's like okay sweet it's like this is like a, a kind of like a crossover yeah kind of like you know floyd mayweather and conor mcgregor that kind of everybody's curious, what's gonna happen what's gonna happen i kind of see that's kind of what they're trying to do with this so cool i'm all for that you know do the crossover whatever but I'm not expecting much, <laughs> you no. know, it's like, as far as like the actual match quality of the match goes, it's like, if they're going to do that, like right now or right after the Mayan classic, uh, I wouldn't expect much. I wouldn't expect anything quality to come out of that as of right now. And it has nothing to do with Charlie, Charlotte Beckett, Bailey, <laughs> Beckett, Charlotte, Bailey, uh, Becky and, and Sasha. Uh, cause the other side there on the, on um, Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler's side is really raw, really green. Unless they're going to hold it in an octagon, then it's like, okay, now I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> you know, then then my expect- expectation level goes up a bit. Yeah. Not a whole lot because I don't think the other side would last all that much longer. Becky Lynch might, though. She strikes me as somebody that could throw down. But Oh, I think she I think yeah. she can. You know, and, and for me, the whole thing, I, the way I look at it, the people are anticipating like, ooh, you know, I like UFC. I like, you know... WWE, this is going to be cool. Mm. To me, it's kind of like you're taking, you know, um, at least for me, mm-hmm. I mean, taking <clears throat> some delicious, you know, scrambled eggs, uh-huh. 
and pancakes. It's like, hey, I like pancakes. I like scrambled eggs. Uh-huh. But do I want my, you know, scrambled eggs, you know, in, in my pan- pancakes, you know? No, I don't think so. It that great. No, you know, it's like the people that... Side by side, yes. Actually together, no. Yeah, it's like whoever invented, like, the McGriddles from McDonald's. Like, hey, we're going to take these, like, um, you know, whatever. It's like French toast or whatever mm-hmm. and make it into a sandwich with breakfast food. It's See, like that's that, why... No. This is why, like, when you go to... When you go, like, a certain restaurants, they have dividers on those little plates. You have sections for this, sections for that. You know, there's nothing wrong with a little, you know culinary segregation <laughs> you know see now some things just need to be separated now people are going to talk about like, why you're mentioning food it's like well see if you guys were a sponsor we would be using your product <laughs> you we would incorporate it into our conversation because we're that good keep your aunt jemima you know syrup separate from log cabin maple syrup <laughs> you know Oh, they're kind of the same thing, really. Well, how about Mrs. Buttersworth? Where does she fit That's right, this? huh? I don't know. Maybe they should have a match, too. Aunt Jemima versus Mrs. Buttersworth. Aren't they really the same thing, really? One's just an, an old black lady and one's just a fat white lady. <laughs> I don't I think know. think about but, it. Well, does, is Mrs. Butterworth really a white lady? I don't know. She kind of looks like it. I don't know. I remember the bottles just look like a woman's figure. No, Mrs. Butterworth. I think she had those glasses. Remember, because uh, they had the commercial with the uh, with the. She was wearing like the little hat, with the little bonnet. She had the glasses on it. Oh, okay, yeah, maybe. Who do you think would win in a match, though? Aunt Jemima or Mrs. Buttersworth? <laughs> I I put my money down on um, Aunt Jemima. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I, I could see that. Yeah. Well, who would throw down with uh, Uncle Ben? I don't know. Who else makes rice? Uncle Ben and uh, I can't think, think of anybody. I don't, oh, was it? There, there's that. Um, I can't even think of it. There's you know, you know, like a character. One of the rice, you know, he's he's wearing a hat and he's kind of skinny. Kind of looks like a genie. See, I wish you could see my face now too, because I'm looking at him. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Anyways, we'll forget about that. <laughs> Undisputed champion, Uncle Ben. Uncle, that's right. No Undisputed one can stand up. No, there's nobody for him to fight. Yeah. <laughs> it must be around lunchtime. We're talking about food. I know. Yeah. But um, no, yeah, definitely. Um, we'll probably end up watching more of um. Well, I know I'm going to finish watching the tournament. Yeah. Um, because it, it ha- each episode has gotten better. I have to say. It has. It has. You know, and um, and it was nice to see um that girl was her Piper. Piper Nevin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, um, and this is going to sound weird, you know, but it was like all these, you know, other women, they had a certain look to them. And, you know, Piper kind of like broke that mold. She's a big she girl. Was, she was a bigger girl. And it was, she's not you know, as big as Nia Jax, but she's no. a big, at least height wise, you know. Yeah. But she's kind of built the same. Yeah. Yeah. So there was tall girls, short girls, skinny girls, Some you know. Really short girls. girls. Yeah. Holy yeah. cow. I couldn't, was it, um, it wasn't Mia Yim, but it was another girl that kind of had a similar look. And she was like five feet even. I'm thinking if she's five feet tall, I'm seven foot two because she looked like she was three feet tall. But, um, but yeah, they, Piper Nevin, I was impressed by her and I wasn't expecting much either because I was like, okay, where are they going with this? You know, because she, she doesn't have the typical look. Yeah. And, and then, uh, um, but oh. I was, I was impressed. She, she did really well. I'm surprised they brought back, uh, Serena Dib. And if anyone remembers yeah. her. She was the one from uh, the Straight Age Society. Yeah, Straight Age Society, yeah. And she apparently, um, which I was never really clear as to why 
they dropped her from the group, you know, but apparently she had some real struggles with alcohol and all stuff like that and, and just took a real downward turn in the company, let her go, and cause she just disappeared. Yeah. It's far, from what I can remember, and it's been a while, you know, since I've, since that angle was happening, but yeah, she just kind of up and disappeared, and I don't, yeah. I don't remember what the rumors were at the time, but yeah, I just remember thinking she was gone, and when she popped back up, I thought she looked familiar, and then they showed the old clips, and I was like, oh, holy cow. Yeah. She's... She, that is her, you know, just weird to see her with hair. <laughs> yeah. I was surprised that they actually showed some of that footage because I mean, you know, CM Punk's been gone for a while, you know, and he, they don't really mention him Yeah, and that wasn't too bad. But also the fact that, um, um, she looks Luke, really skinny though. Yeah. I, just, I but, wonder if she's been healthy though too. I mean, I don't know if alcoholism has that kind of effect on the human body though, but she just looks like she's lost a ton of weight, almost an unhealthy amount of weight. Yeah. Hmm. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, also, they had Luke Gallows that was in the group, you know. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that, yeah. So, it was, just, it was just kind of weird how you see, like, all these characters, you know, all these superstars, you know, in there. With, Nerd. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so, but definitely uh, something to, you know, to look at. Yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the finals, yeah. You know, so, all right, that's going to be um, pretty much it for Put a bow on this puppy. For that, so... um. We're uh, we're gonna do another special episode um, pretty soon, so we're taking any um, best any and worst managers, right? Best and worst managers. So yeah. send us some messages, send us some emails. Yeah. Um, Who would win in a fight, Mrs. Butterworths or Aunt Jemima? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna put that one out there on Facebook. I think. Yeah, that's gonna, that should be one of our polls. <laughs> you know, but um, yeah, back to the uh, worst or best or worst managers. You know, um, tell us you know some of your favorite you know stories and maybe you know whoever storylines that they worked with their um with their stables there's plenty yeah. of them yeah there, there's a ton you know I, it's funny because i've already started to think about some worst managers that not, i'm not going to mention right now <laughs> um until the show and uh-huh. i thought of some good managers which is probably going to be obvious you know uh, yeah i'm sure a lot of people are going to pick that but what's going to be exciting is who you know which ones will they choose as the worst managers out there that will be interesting yeah have to do because I, I can think of a couple a couple that might surprise you actually and, and, and for different reasons actually and, and actually i can think of one guy that would be on both lists actually for for just one particular reason and maybe i'll get into that when we do our special though but yeah i have a guy that's probably one of the top five managers and also one of the top five worst worst managers uh but i it's personal for me <laughs> anyway we, we can get into that later that's what we call cliffhanger Dun, dun, dun. what happens so um yeah go ahead and encourage your friends and family members to follow us on uh, Check facebook out two brothers uh, we're on itunes and also for those that don't have itunes i post the you know we post a link on um our facebook page where you can actually listen to it directly so Go tell your mother to go check out the two brothers. <laughs> That's right. And we'll be signing out. So um, until peace. next week, peace. See you. The opinions and point of view said in this podcast are sole property of the two brothers from Different Mothers Wrestling Show, which are not affiliated with any wrestling organization.